Ryan Noonan is playing on the radio, baby. I want to thank Brian Noonan for going on. What do you do? I'm a communicator. Must be a new kind of thing. Holy s***! Brian's back! Seven twenty WGN. Glad you are with me. We're here till one o'clock in the morning. Big win for the Blackhawks. Woohoo! Winning in a shootout. We like that road trip sweep. We like that. A lot of good news. Next game here on WGN, of course, Sunday night. But tonight we are going to focus on another sport: baseball. Former White Sox closer Bobby Jenks is going to join me in about an hour. He has a news story out in the Players Tribune where he's sharing what really happened uh, to to him. Through his injuries, his surgeries, addictions, where he's at now, uh, and what he's working towards. And it is a unbelievably shocking story and a very honest story. And it, uh, I would imagine, and we'll find out from Bobby, it had to be a little bit difficult to share this story. So we are going to talk to Bobby Jenks in about an hour. So if you are a White Sox fan, you do not want to miss this. We're also going to talk a little bit about beer after midnight because it's uh, Friday night and it's my show and that's what we talk, like to talk about. And you like to talk about it too. Some big beer news uh, recently. We'll get some uh, new beer recommendations and of course answer all of your questions with uh, John Carruthers, Jesse Valenciana, and Cody Goff is coming in to join us for that segment as well. We are bringing at the breweries to a Friday night. We'll talk a little bit about National Cupcake Day. There's a lot to get to, Curtis, and why uh, people should stay away from small children. I had a uh, horrifying Besides the experience obvious. today. No, well, listen, there's, there's, yes, there's obvious reasons in that. That voice you hear, Curtis, he is the executive producer of the big broadcast tonight. If you call in at 312-981-7200, be sure you are nice to him. That's how you get to me. That aforementioned number, also the text number. You can also keep in touch with us via social media, Facebook and Twitter. It's Brian Noonan Show. All right, we've all been following the Eddie Johnson thing. Uh, you know, he has uh, now been fired by the mayor. He's not the superintendent anymore. Uh, you know, we all know the details. We've been following this all week. But one, one thing that has really stuck out to me, and it's... Uh, something that he said the other day when he was uh, when he was fired by the mayor, and it's something that Eric Zorn wrote about in the Tribune. But it is your reputation. How much do you value your reputation? How much do you think about your reputation? Because most of us, I think, I I think for me, I I'm pretty sure about how people see me. I think I think my reputation is okay for the most part. It's not it's not great, but it's not bad. You know, but I also know that any little thing can send that down a slippery slope that I'll never get back. You know the old saying: you never, uh, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. That's how it is with reputations. Now, in this day and age, we know a lot of people screw up. Especially, you know, we see it with celebrities and athletes, and they uh, we're going through it now with Michael Vick. Did he pay the price? Is he okay to come back on as a honorary captain for the Pro Bowl? We see all different kinds of celebrities. They do their mea culpa, and they're quote-unquote forgiven and brought back into the fold of celebrity and society. For a lot of us, that doesn't happen. If one bad thing happens, it screws up our reputation forever. Uh, but this was this was a line from Eddie Johnson's press conference the other day that is kind of problematic. 
He said, reputations are not built in a day and not damaged in a day either. The first part of that statement, I agree with 100%. You don't build your reputation over one day. It's a course of years. It's, uh, you know, your interaction with all different kinds of people. It's your professional reputation, your personal reputation. There's all sorts of things that go into it. But when he said your reputation can't be damaged in a day, do you believe that? I do not. One bad, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you've been. If you screw up and get caught, that's what people judge you on. Eric Zorn made had a couple analogies, and, and one of them was, you know, if you're a bank robber, you're convicted of robbing a bank, you, you know, nobody cares that you went into banks hundreds of times and never robbed it, you know. Just like if I got, listen, if I did something stupid tonight after work, you know, say I went out, Curtis, and I robbed a 7-Eleven. Now, I've never robbed a 7-Eleven before. No desire to rob a 7-Eleven. And 7-Eleven, don't panic. I only bring you into the conversation because I know you're open all night. And I, I you know, was trying to figure out a, a location that I could wander into. But all of a sudden, if, Curtis, you woke up tomorrow and you, you read WGN Radio host Brian Noonan uh, arrested for robbing, allegedly robbing a 7-Eleven, all of a sudden, any goodwill you had toward me is going to be put through the, the lens of, Wow, Noonan's a you know, Noonan's an armed robber. This guy's not this guy's not the guy I thought he was at all. He is not an honorable man. He's a thief. Or I might get a few calls saying, Did you know he was gonna do this? Well, sure, I just you talked know. about it at ten fifteen. <laughs> if 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 every seven eleven in the uh, sound, within the sound of my voice is not beefing up security tonight, I don't know, you know. I'm gonna call the whole company's security policies into question. Because it would you know I got it's it's one o'clock when I get out of here. I need some excitement. So, but but the point being, no matter how good a life I've lived to that point, it's all going to be undone. And with social media, things get undone that much quicker. You know, the other quote uh, the, the the other quote that Eddie Johnson said was, "We should all be judged by the entirety of our lives and not what happened on our worst days." Well, that's that's lovely. And down the road, maybe that will balance in again, and you can say, yeah, you know, overall, this was a pretty good guy. He did a lot of good things. And, yeah, we'll forgive him for his worst day. Or, I'll be forgiven for, you know, I'll be forgiven for robbing the Seven Eleven. Maybe. After I get paroled, you know, and I wear the ankle bracelet, I go to the halfway house, I come back, I do some charity work. I do a really uh, sobby apology on Facebook Live. Then maybe down the road I get forgiven. But unfortunately, we are judged by the worst days because those are the days that get the most attention. It's kind of sad because, you know, you go your whole life being a good guy. And then all of a sudden, one thing and you're done. Uh, From the 708, it also makes people think, what else have you done that went unnoticed, i.e. you didn't get caught? That's true, because if you... You're, you know, everybody thinks you're this virtuous guy with a lot of integrity. And then, all of a sudden, you do something, they go... Because most of us know, if we have criminal intent in our heart, or as you know, Jimmy Carter once historically said back in a Playboy interview, you have lust in your heart, there's a good chance you didn't just wake up one morning after coming out of the monastery and go, yeah, now I'm feeling randy, I'm lusty. That doesn't happen. It's all going, it's, it's been in there before. 
So now, did we ever really know you? And then people get mad. This is because let's say I trust you, Curtis. Let's say I, I don't. You mean you don't? I don't trust anybody, Curtis. Don't take it personally. Okay. If my mom called and said she loved me, I'd have it double checked. I'm not. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a that's an old journalism thing, uh, but. If, if if I trusted you and I believed you were a man of high integrity and, you know, I admired you, w- whether close up or from afar or between glass, it doesn't matter. But the point being, if I admired you and then you turn out to be a scumbag, I have to question my own, you know, I have to question myself. Yeah. Am I that poor a judge of character? I thought Curtis was a nice guy. Then he ratted me out to the cops for an alleged armed robbery. That doesn't seem like the kind of guy I should admire. So I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to question myself and my own judgment. So I don't know. Do you think, do you think Eddie Johnson or anybody can survive, or their reputation can survive, a scandal like this? And if you were judged by your last day, would you want people to think of your entire life? Instead of just that last day, 312-981-7200. So much more to come. WGN. All right, Brian Noonan with you until 1 o'clock. We are going to celebrate National Cupcake Day after 1030. Very, very exciting. Uh, it is the holiday season. I look out the window here from the uh, the beautiful studios on the 18th floor and across the way. There's a lot of Christmas trees in people's windows. There's lights. Have you? Uh, do you decorate for the holidays, Curtis? You want, This is my first holiday season living by myself so did you get um, yourself a, some sort of tree yeah, or a bush I, I don't have a lot of space in my apartment so okay. i have like a pencil tree okay um so i do have a tree up that's nice pre-lit, yeah three pieces easy to put Perfect. up and ornaments on it yeah that's really about all i have now so did far. you bring ornaments from your parents house or did you go out and purchase some new um, ones to start your uh, own ornaments tradition from my parents house that's i still had a, a ton of ornaments that like you know personalized and everything from yeah. when i was a kid so my mom oh, had nice. a huge box of them that I just grabbed them and <laughs> took them home when I was home for Thanksgiving and set it all up a few days afterwards because I worked all through the Thanksgiving week. Yes, so, I remember. Uh, I would see you. <laughs> yes, you would see me. <laughs> uh, so after Thanksgiving week, I put it all up. So yeah, it's up. It's actually lit right now at home. So See, now... That was a mistake of mine. No, I, I'm one of these... I still go back to the old mentality of don't leave your tree plugged in. But in, in reality... One, I don't have a live tree, a real tree, you know, so it's not yeah. going to dry out. Two, it's not the old kind of bulbs. Like when I was a kid, this is way before you, we used to put lit candles on the tree. That's not true. <laughs> I'm not that old. But, you know, you had the big, uh, the big bulbs that got really hot. Yeah. So you didn't want to leave the tree on. But now these bulbs are so, you, you know, you can touch them all the time. They're, they don't get warm. At a fake tree, there's really no chance it's ever going to catch on fire. God, you know, God willing. Knock on wood. But uh, I still turn it off when I leave the house. Yeah. I still, there's, we have a couple little lit things in the window, and I leave those on, but I I'll be honest, I panic every time I leave the house. <laughs> I'm like, this could be the time. And you would think, well, if it's that, you know, if it's that much of a big deal, why, why don't you unplug them? Yeah. That would be a logical question. That would uh, not. We are in the midst of horrific uh, Christmas decorating at the house. Uh oh. And not by by horrific. I just mean I love it when it's done, but it's so hectic. And tomorrow, because I was eyeballing the weather all week, tomorrow is the outdoor day. Tomorrow yeah. is when I do my exterior illumination. See, I hadn't been to my folks' house um, in the suburbs probably about uh, 
three or four weeks before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But when I went home for Thanksgiving, all the outdoor lights, Christmas trees, really? everything was up. Yep. See? That, my, my mom was on it this year. She put them all up early. There's a part of me that I admire that. I could never do it. I can't put the Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. I can do it the day after, yeah. which sometime, a lot of times we've done. Um, but I was also, I was working too and, you know, with yeah. our daughter home and stuff. But now the trees are, trees uh, are up <laughs> because we tried to downsize. We moved and we were like, oh, we're going to downsize. So we sold a couple giant Christmas trees that we had. And we just, I was like, well, we'll just put one in the living, you know, like n- most people. Yeah. We'll put one in the living room. That'll be nice. But then last year we had bought a white tree with multicolored lights because we had all sorts of flamingo and tropical ornaments. Yeah. And I was like, well. Man, maybe there's room on the upstairs on the landing. <laughs> so now we still have two full trees in the house, plus all this other stuff. My house has three. Wow. We have one in the basement, which my sister has dubbed the uh, Disney tree. Okay. Which tons of Disney ornaments yes. and complete at the top with a Mickey ears hat. I like a the theme top. tree. Bravo. Yeah. Um, and then in like the front uh, foyer of our suburban house, we have what we call the uh, quote-unquote uh, fancy tree, which is like a <laughs> bunch of... Uh, Christopher Radko ornaments that my mom had collected over the years. So yeah. there's that in the front. And then we okay. have our, our main family tree with the family a tree. mosh podge of everything from Jeez. Blackhawks and Cubs. And I like all those that kind of, of trees too. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, at our old house, we had a nine foot tree in the family room that had everything on it. Then we had a full size tree in the dining room that was just kind of red bulbs and some different things. Then we had a big tree in the front, uh, the more formal living area. That was all Irish ornaments. Uh, and crystal ornaments and things like that with a nice Waterford topper. Then we had a small tree that just had bear ornaments, not the Chicago bears, but like grizzly bears and whatnot on it. Then we had a uh, pink glittery tree down in the basement that was Molly's tree, and that had like sci-fi and uh, funky uh, color ornaments on it. That was nice. And then a pop-up tree upstairs and a small tree in her bedroom. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's insanity. But this is the point of all of this. Uh, we've talked about porch pirates before. It's a huge problem. Well, a new study has come out. How bad is it in Chicago? We rank third in the country for people having their packages stolen. A lot of people are scumbags. Let's just <laughs> let's put it out there. A lot of people are scumbags. We um uh we are among the top. We rank sixth the rest of the year for porch pirates, which is still bad. But once the holidays start, so after November 1st through January 5th, uh, we are now number three. San Francisco, Oakland, and the San Jose area are ranked the worst, um, and they, uh, they are number one during, during the year, number two during the holidays. Um, oh, yes. yes. San Jose. Uh, so it's, it's and you see all these, uh, you know, all the ring doorbells and the other doorbells, the nest. It doesn't matter. No, but people <laughs> don't matter. care. They're just coming up. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I had to have something delivered to the house, and I'm a little worried about it. But I had my last time. I, only one other time since we've lived in this house have I had something delivered there, and I'm not going to say where the delivery person hit it, but they hit it to the point where I was like, it says it was delivered, and I thought, oh no, I was porch pirated. And I went out and I was looking around. I was like, oh, look at this. They're perfect. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, they do it again because uh, yesterday morning I was leaving and the uh, letter carrier came up and got out with a box. And I was like, oh, I, I wonder if this is mine. 
And so I was I was late because I didn't pull out. I was waiting to see if she dropped it at my door or she ended up dropping it at the next door neighbor's. So just be careful. Figure out a time you're going to be home. Tell the company you need a signature before they'll leave the package. Have it delivered to one of these other um, drop-off sites. or uh, you know, Amazon is doing it at Kohl's now. You can have it dropped off there. There's Amazon lockers. There's a lot of places. I was saying, I know that like, at my building in the city, there's uh, like the, the actual dry cleaners, which yeah. is connected to my building. Um, they receive the packages, too. Oh, will they let you and, leave it yeah, there? And, well, the, the, the deliveries all get dropped off there oh, for the okay. building. But what they do is when they when you go down and claim your package, they ask for an ID. Nice. And so they put the ID with the name on the package, and then they Beautiful. give you your package. See, that's that's terrific. And maybe sweet talk your boss, give them a little you know a little something, a little Starbucks card. Maybe they'll let you have it delivered at work. All right, we'll celebrate Cupcake Day after this. WGN. Brian Noonan, seven twenty. WGN. Sunday and. December 15th is National Cupcake Day. Curtis, did you even know there was a National Cupcake Day? No, but I'm loving it. I cannot, I can't believe, one, that it's happening, and two, that we're going to celebrate it tonight. I'm very excited because who doesn't love a cupcake? You have to be some sort of uh, soulless being, just a husk of a person to not like a cupcake. Everybody loves cupcakes. Everybody loves Molly's Cupcakes. Uh, Dory from the Molly's Cupcakes in South Loop is here to help us celebrate National Cupcake Day. Dory, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me so all right cupcake it seems like in the last i don't know five six years cupcakes have just gone from something your mom would make to take to school for your birthday to everybody is eating cupcakes people can't get enough of cupcakes at weddings everywhere what what's the allure of a cupcake what drew you to cupcakes well the the cupcakes itself you know you you get to choose your own you get to choose your own cupcake um and there's so many different varieties that you can truly enjoy yourself yeah. instead of going for just a slice of cake right. or a pie or something like that. Uh, you know, with and you don't feel cupcakes. as guilty, do you? Because it's a, it's a cupcake. No matter how decadent that cupcake is, you go, well, it's a cupcake. It's a cupcake. How bad it, can it be? It's it, a cupcake. And every single cupcake that we have, you know, they're handcrafted, beautifully center filled. Yeah. You know, they're truly amazing. It's the best cupcakes that you find in Chicago. Now, Molly's, they're, they're, you're in Chicago, New York, uh, Ohio. It's how did it? Who is Molly? So Molly is uh, the third grade teacher of our founders, John. Okay. The first uh, original location that we opened on Clark Street in Lincoln Park yeah. about 30, 15 years ago almost now. And, um, you know, Molly baked all the cupcakes for the kids' birthday. Right. And, you know, that's how John got inspired, the founder of the company, to, to name the, the first bakery that he opened, Molly's Cupcakes. Okay. Um, and the rest is history, you yeah. know, and, and because of that, we're so tied down to the education and to the story that's behind it. Yeah. So uh, uh, some of our proceeds go towards supporting the education in Chicagoland as well. Very nice. That's Molly's Missions. You can, People can find out all about that if they go to uh, mollyscupcakes.com. That's a website with everything. You find all the locations. You can find everything about Molly's Cupcakes at that location. Your store, the South Loop store, is at 1150 South Wabash. Um all right, what what did you do before you decided that cupcakes were your passion? That you this was I ha, I have to devote myself to cupcakes, which sounds like a great s- sentence to utter. Curtis, I may be saying that at one o'clock. 
<laughs> well, my, my background is actually in hospitality. I worked for Cheesecake Factory. Oh, okay. So I went from cheesecake to cupcakes. <laughs> Not that very different. Now, are you going to open a bunt cake place somewhere down the road after this? Just keep moving <laughs> no, cake I'm going to gonna stick with cupcakes. Okay, very nice. <laughs> I'm going to stick with cupcakes. It's a sweet business. Oh, I like that. Very nice. Very nice. All right, so... This is this is exciting because, like you said, everybody loves cupcakes. There's all different kinds. Molly's cupcakes are well known around Chicago and New York, everywhere, everywhere you are, with uh, for quality cupcakes. And people are like, hmm, "Well, how can we celebrate National Cupcake Day?" Big special at Molly's on National Cupcake. Absolutely. We're inviting everybody to stop at all locations. Uh, 99 cents per cupcakes. It's going to be a limited amount of flavors. Okay. Only about 10 flavors of our most popular cupcakes that we'll be right. featuring that day. And we will be open regular hours, Sunday, December 15th, National Cupcake Days, that you can get um, as walking gas for 99 cents. 99 cents, that's a pretty good deal to it's get a, a cupcake. Wonderful, it's that a is, sweet deal. It is a sweet deal. I get, man, <laughs> see, i got to get better at the marketing, Curtis. That's the thing. It's a sweet deal. Now, again, when, when I was a kid, you, cupcakes were what your mom made. And it was, you know, you'd get the Betty Crocker, the Duncan Hines, you'd put it in the tin and throw some frosting on it. It was fantastic. The amount of uh, the styles of cupcakes that you guys come up with are amazing. And they, they get more and more elaborate, it seems. Is there a you know, mad scientist you have locked in a kitchen somewhere with a, with a cookbook? How, are, how, do, how do they develop these flavors? Because they're phenomenal. We're going to talk about some of them. Absolutely. So, you know, we try to keep it interesting. Uh, every month we introduce two to three new flavors for our guests. And, you know, we have our classic. Of course, our best one is the cake batter okay. and the peach cobbler. Peach cobbler is what won the um, Food Network Cupcake oh, wow. Wars on the first season as really? well. Yes. So what is, uh, tell us about this donut. The, or the, the peach cupcake. Cobbler? Yeah, the Pe- peach, peach cobbler. cobbler cupcake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the peach cobbler cupcake, it's a streusel vanilla cupcake with peach filling. And it's oh. got whipped cream and fresh peach on top as well. It's, it's right. scrumptious. It sounds like a good breakfast item. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's look, amazing. It, it, so- it sounds delicious. Um, okay, so you've got, which, would that be your best seller is the cake, cake batter? batter? The cake batter is the best seller. Most definitely. And what is, what is in the cake batter? Cake batter is like a small birthday cake that, you know, you, you can just eat any day, you know, of the week and feel like it's a special birthday nice. or it's a special celebration for you. Yeah, I don't you, want to really. have to wait till my birthday. Absolutely. So every day is, you know, it's a celebration. <laughs> every day is a celebration. And what I'd the like cake that. batter is, is a funfetti uh, cake okay. with um, cake batter, raw cake batter filling, and it's got buttercream and sprinkles that bring so much joy when you really, really eat it. Sprinkles make everything better. Absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now, is it is it the fact that they're stuffed? Is it a combination of the cake and the frosting? Is it can you can one ingredient make or break a cupcake? Oh, absolutely. You know the the complexity of the ingredients. It's what makes truly you know the memorable cupcakes that we offer yeah. to our guests. They're they're not overly sweet. They're not dry. There's just perfectly balanced they're center filled you know but the most important ingredients as we make all these different flavors is love oh see why did i know you were going to say that Tori? (laughs) so i would like to find because nobody says our ingredient hate we make all our food filled with disdain nobody says that everybody's filled with love uh and i as i look at some of the cupcakes and curtis is going to post a picture of some of these after um you can tell it's it's a passion you know, some people, you, you could go into business and go, yeah, yeah, we're, cupcakes are popular, we're going to make cupcakes. And you go, eh, it looks like I could make that cupcake. 
It doesn't look like I could make any of these cupcakes. It doesn't look like anybody I know could make any of these cupcakes. So presentation, obviously, in any sort of food industry, plays a lot. But if, if the presentation is there, but somebody takes a bite and they go, ugh, doesn't matter how good it looks. It's got to it's got to taste good too. So who who is in charge of tasting? Is do you do you guys as as part of the Molly's team when they come up with a new flavor? Do you all go get to sit down and just sample all these delicious cupcakes? Most certainly, oh. we you know we do have um, a full team that we have our uh, head chef and we have our sous chefs as well. That in daily basis we make the the cupcakes. We have to taste the batters. The key ingredient also, it's the quality ingredients. Okay. You know, for, for these cupcakes to be memorable, the presentation is key, but the ingredients, you know, you have to, we have to buy a certain percentage, the fat percentage on the, on the cream and the butter, yeah. and everything has to be of high quality ingredient because this really is what makes this incredible cupcakes. All right, so let's talk about some of the ones, uh, some of the ones, because you have some seasonal ones, special cupcakes now. Um, again, National Cupcake Day is December 15th, and you can go into any Molly's Cupcakes and uh, get one of their signature cupcakes, or you're going to have some other, you're going to have some other flavors available there too. But the big deal is 99 cents. Yes. Now there's got to be, I can't go in and buy a thousand cupcakes. There's got to be a liver, or one per person. Yeah, because you don't be a glutton. Go in, buy one cupcake. That's all you need. And then, you know, maybe, maybe you have your kid go in and buy a cupcake for himself. Because if I can only buy one, I'm not sharing. I know that sounds horrible, Dory, but that's the kind of guy I am. I'm eating the cupcake by myself. So what are some of the, uh, what are some of the seasonal cupcakes? Uh, well, what I brought today here, we have our peppermint bar cupcake and the uh, pecan pie cupcake. Ooh. The peppermint is a chocolate cupcake uh, with peppermint mousse oh. stuffed inside, and it's got peppermint buttercream with some crushed peppermints on top. I'm calling dibs it, on that It's got one. a perfect uh, balance. Get a knife. I'll split it yes. with you. <laughs> the mousse, you know, uh, that stuffed, the peppermint mousse makes it, you know, uh, really balanced, okay. so it's not overly pepperminty. Which you're going to find people, so many different with yeah, peppermints some out people, there. The, some people want just a little peppermint. Mm-hmm. I like a lot, but some people get, it's like, you know. Yep. So That's, this has the nice balance. Nice balance. Perfect balance. The other one that we're featuring for December is the uh, pecan pie okay. cupcake. And that is a brown sugar cupcake. And it's pecan pie filling. Ooh. And it has a brown sugar buttercream with some glazed pecans topped as well. And it's not overly rich and sweet, but yeah, it's like you're eating a pie in a cupcake. Which would, now you said there were two here that had to be refrigerated pretty quickly. Because a lot of times people will buy cupcakes to take somewhere. They're at a party. Maybe they're sitting out on the counter for a while. And that's okay for, for most of Molly's cupcakes, right? But there were a couple that you said you got to get them and either eat them right away, which is my Within odd. an hour. Yeah, okay. Or, or put them in the refrigerator. Absolutely. So we have a few flavors. Those? We have a blueberry cheesecake, the peach cobbler, creme brulee, and tiramisu. Uh, those have to be either because there's whipped cream yeah. and we don't want the whipped cream to be runny. Okay. So those have to be either refrigerated or eaten within an hour. Wow. How often are you guys uh, changing the menu and turning things over and saying, all right, this one, people liked it, but we're gonna, it's time to go away. Every month. Every month. Every month. Every month, everything changes. Everything changes. Do people uh, do people get upset if they come in and they have a favorite? Like if I say I fall in love with this pecan pie or this chocolate mint one, well, there's a good chance I will. And I come in in January and I'm like, I gotta have one of these uh, peppermint uh, cupcakes. And you go, hey, dude, that was Christmas. You're you're out of luck. Uh, do people ever lose their minds? 
Uh, sometimes, you know, they get a little bit disappointed, but then we steer them in the right direction right. to, you know, to try a different cupcake. Right. So therefore, you know, they, it can be interesting. You know, what else is at Molly's? Yes. Because we do more than just cupcakes. What we also have cheesecakes. We have pies. Okay. We have cookies. Ooh. We have uh, seven-layer brownies, chocolate brownie, uh, brownies, rice krispies. So there's a lot of other treats that we offer yeah. for, you know, all... Um, tastes really so if somebody does not like just cupcakes we can offer a lot more very nice uh, products and all these flavors can also be made in a mini size cupcakes okay for parties or you know kids parties or showers or anything that you can have varieties and in a smaller size okay and for all those special you know we will just need um a day notice because they have to be special made for them. And again, that's mollyscupcakes.com, or you can call the South Loop location. Maybe you'll talk to Dory herself, 312-964-5090. How long can cupcakes last? If I buy, if I were to come into Molly's tomorrow and I buy a dozen cupcakes, uh, in the not counting the ones that you said had to be refrigerated, mm-hmm. but the ones that don't, in, in the containers, how long... How long? A couple days? Um, ideally, for, you know, ultimate quality... Within two to three days, okay. they will be perfectly okay. Nice. So we suggest that they can be served within two to three days. Can you freeze them? Which I don't know how they'd last that long, but yeah. I probably not. No. Not a good idea. Okay, listen, I'm just asking because, yeah. you know, there, there's people who are now going, well, if those uh, those pecan pies are only good this month, maybe I'll <laughs> stock up. If no, just buy them and eat them. Uh, there's also something, Molly's classic flavor that you can build yourself. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So that's the fun part about it because at each location we have a sprinkle bar oh. and we offer five different flavors of okay. just non-center filled, they're just classic Molly's cupcakes, uh, vanilla, chocolate, red velvet, banana, and carrots. And there's multiple different frosting that you can choose from and multiple different um, toppings. Oh, wow. Sprinkles are free. Fantastic. That's why we do have a sprinkle, sprinkle bar, bar that you can just go there and have fun and just, you know, be a kid. That's how... <laughs> I would go. I love sprinkles. Absolutely, I, I just love sprinkles. All right, now I'm looking at these uh, these cupcakes, and what is the one, uh, the one with the toasted coconut? Is that uh, that is our Samoa Girl Scout cookie? That is a really popular one too. Uh, What's I also inside brought, of that one? I also brought a uh, creme brulee. Uh, this is a pin- Ron Bennington uh, chocolate peanut butter. That's been a very popular one, too. Ron Bennington, a big radio personality yes. in New York, Curtis, on Sirius uh, on satellite radio. I'm aware of and that. He was- I am hoping one day to get some sort of pastry named after me. There you go. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we named that cupcake after him because that's his favorite cupcake. Oh, really? And he was one of our regular guests oh, at the my first goodness. location okay. that we opened up. Oh, very so cool. So that's really that's why we named it Ron Bennington. There we go. There you go. Uh, we have the uh, cookie dough. That's a kid's favorite. And uh, cookie and cream and Samoa and then the cake batter cupcake as well. And uh, we, of course, at the at the uh, locations, we have another 10 other flavors yeah. available too. So you just have to come and check so us out. So every day when you come in, there's the, it's not just the classics. It's a wide variety. So wide there's variety. always something. Um, now, I look at these and I think to myself, these would be... A great gift if I'm going to somebody's house for the holidays, if I'm going to a party or something. Do Is there uh, something special going on with gifts at Molly's yes. for the cupcakes? Uh, we will have a Christmas box specially decorated for Christmas. Okay. On that box, you will find some Christmas tree, uh, wreaths that will decorate cupcakes and also some um, 
Wonderland cupcakes at the Peppermint Park. They're okay. specially decorated. It's $45 for a dozen. Ooh. And there's four different flavors in that box. Okay. And they're beautifully decorated. So they're going to be available to order um, through mollyscupcakeschicago.com. Okay. Now, though, for that special box, you have to order it online, right? Advanced. advanced. Or you can also call uh, our store location or okay. Naperville location, too. And then, But that's not something you can just walk in and get the box. You can walk in and buy cupcakes, but Correct. you can't walk in and get this special box. For the special Christmas box, you'd have to uh, give us 24-hour notice oh, okay. and call the South Loop location yeah. or any other location for uh, placing the order in That's advance. not too far in advance, a day. If, you, if, you're, not a day. Pl- if you're not planning ahead a day, you really, you <laughs> really need to replan your, uh, you know, your parties. Uh, so National Cupcake Day, again, December 15th. Go into any Molly's location. You can get one of, there's, I'm, I'm looking at about 10 different uh, varieties that you guys are offering on National Cupcake Day for 99 cents. 99 cents. Limit one. Bring the family. Give everybody a buck and a half. Go in. Everybody gets a cupcake. Everybody goes home happy uh, on National Cupcake Day. If you want to, there are four Chicagoland locations. Dory's is the South Loop location at 1150 South Wabash. Uh, 312-964-5090. Uh, four Chicagoland locations. One location in Naperville. Molly'sCupcakes.com. And you can find all. And then, may, listen, maybe you're traveling somewhere. Maybe you're going to be in New York or Ohio or where's the other New York, Iowa. Ohio, and Iowa. Maybe you're going out of town. Go to Molly's. Nobody's going to. You walk through the door with some of those cupcakes, Curtis. What would you think? Suddenly oh. my reputation is back. Suddenly yeah. I'm a nice guy again. Yeah. Suddenly I, I'm a guy who gives wonderful could, cupcakes. Whoever gets those cupcakes from you could instantly forgive you for whatever you've done. For whatever them. I've done, no matter what transgression. Uh, Dory, your only transgression is, uh, well, you don't have one. You came in here tonight. <laughs> you had fun. Uh, anything else that we forgot about National uh, Cupcake Day or, or Molly's? Follow us on Instagram, Molly's Cupcakes Chicago. I can only, I'm going to do that. Because uh, nothing will liven up my Instagram feed. I can only imagine the the, the pictures. I'm gonna, but I'm going to be hungry all the time. Absolutely. That's the problem. We're just down the street. There, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming thank you in. for having it's me. Molly'sCupcakes.com and uh, the South Loop location. Go in, ask for Dory. Tell her you heard her here. Uh, 1150 South Wabash, 312-964-5090. Thank you for coming in. Happy National Cupcake Day. Enjoy. Go to Molly's. 99-cent cupcakes, one per person. On the 15th. Fantastic. Stay sweet. Thank you for having me. You, uh, you are welcome. And we will try to stay sweet. I'm not going to guarantee anything, Dory, but I'm going to do my, my absolute best. I think we're on the right track here. We definitely are. Curtis, some plates and knives. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dory. We'll talk to you again. All right. Let's do this. Then there's more. It's WGN. All right. Thanks again uh, to Molly's for coming in to help us celebrate National Cupcake. All right. I need to know from you, do you eat a cupcake whole? Or are you like me? I break the bottom part off. I break off the cake and I eat that and then I save the kind of the cupcake top with all the frosting. I eat that second. Because that's that's the big treat. Now these cupcakes and some cupcakes are are center filled, so you're gonna even with the just the cake bottom, you're gonna get some filling. But I am uh yeah, I am all about just devouring these things. This is this is not good. Uh so I got I got Curtis is going to come in, and we are going to uh, have a lot of people calling in about uh, their cupcakes. Yes, cupcake. It is funny because I know some people are like, "Oh man, cupcakes have gotten expensive," and they have, but they're not. Again, 
cupcakes have evolved, just like we have all evolved, hopefully, a little bit. Cupcakes have evolved, and now they're, you know, Curtis, I'll post a picture of them. It's not just these, but you go to any of these cupcake places, and it's gourmet cupcakes. So, yeah, could you make them cheaper at home? Probably, but are they going to be filled with stuff? Are they going to have crazy things on top of them? No. Um, so we are, when we, uh, just know this, while you are listening to the news, Curtis and I will be throwing ourselves into cupcakes. We will report back to you how it goes. After 11 o'clock, you do not, you do not want to miss, um, our guest. Bobby Jenks is going to be here, former closer for the Chicago White Sox. Has a fantastic and scary and sad story and ultimately uplifting. Uh, he will share that story with us after the news at 11 o'clock. But let's do this first. WGN. Man, there sure is a lot of yelling on the TV and radio these days. If you need a break from all that chatter, listen to How Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini, Saturday morning starting at 7 a.m. But the only controversy you'll hear from me is whether to use eggshell or satin. Eggshell. How Smarts Radio with Lou Manfredini, sponsored by Ace, the helpful place, tomorrow morning on 720 WGN. At GWC, we pride ourselves on being a preeminent injury law firm from Chicago. Our office is in Chicago. Our roots and families are Chicago. But despite what you see and hear in a lot of lawyer advertising, that's not necessarily always true. Many law firms that advertise in the Chicagoland market are not even from Illinois. And unless you ask the question and get an honest answer, you'll never even know the truth. Similarly, there are a lot of fine trial lawyers who actually try cases. Many lawyers, though, who advertise on TV and billboards and radio, truth be told, don't ever even try a case. They just want you to think they're ferocious lawyers in the courtroom. If you're looking for a Chicago trial lawyer to represent you in your personal injury case, call the trial lawyer firm with close to 100 employees right here in downtown Chicago, ready to get you the money you deserve, whether by settlement or by trial. I'm attorney Lou Cairo, managing partner and owner of the GWC Law Firm. And you have my word on it. Call us at 999-9999 or visit us at justicestartstoday.com. Real ID is a new optional form of identification for people who travel domestically. Now, you won't need a real ID to drive a car or get a bank account or adopt that cute golden doodle that you always wanted. But starting October 1st, 2020, you'll need a real ID or a valid passport in order to fly. Head on over to realid.ilsos.gov to learn more. If you do choose Real ID, just follow these steps. First, visit a Secretary of State Driver Services facility to take a new photo. Make sure to bring a proof of identity and proof of Social Security number. You'll also need two proof of Illinois residency documents. During your visit, you'll receive a temporary paper license. Then you'll receive your new Real ID in the mail within 15 business days. Be patient and prepared with the necessary documents when visiting a facility. You have until October 1st, 2020 to get one. Just head on over to realid.ilsos.gov or call 833-503-4074 for more information. Grandview buys homes. I'm Tom Detlich, and you've been hearing me say those words for years. Grandview is the fastest and easiest way to sell your home. No real estate agents, no months of showing your home to strangers. We will buy your home directly from you in as little as 10 days. So visit grandviewhomes.com. Have you experienced MyPillow bed sheets yet? These sheets are incredible, and they'll make the perfect holiday gift. MyPillow bedsheets are guaranteed to be the finest bedsheets you'll ever own. Right now, MyPillow is offering buy one, get one free sets of bedsheets, plus free shipping. Yeah. 
That is an offer. Just use promo code WGN at checkout. You can get one set of MyPillow bed sheets for a family member or friend and keep the other set for yourself. MyPillow bed sheets are made with 100% certified Giza Egyptian cotton. They're ultra soft and breathable. You'll love how these sheets feel. And MyPillow is extending their money-back guarantee through March 1st. Try them out. You don't love them? Well, return them for a full refund. MyPillow bed sheets will make the perfect gift this holiday season. Call 800-299-9579. 800-299-9579 or go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code WGN for buy one, get one free sets of bed sheets plus free shipping. There you go. All right. Um, we were talking before about your reputation and should you be judged for the entirety of your life or your worst day? We were using it in the context of Eddie Johnson. He said, you know, reputations shouldn't be destroyed or can't be destroyed in a day, which I completely disagree with. Um, from the 847, if what Eddie Johnson did on his worst day was have a few too many drinks and drove his car when he shouldn't have, then yes, I would be able to forgive that. However, if you take what O.J. Simpson did on his worst day, then no, I would never be able to forgive that, which makes sense. So there is a sliding scale. Uh, somebody else, different scenarios. Uh, Whitney Houston, she was nothing like the public Whitney. Um, so... A lot of, you know, her worst day, can you judge her for that? On the other side of the news, former White Sox closer Bobby Jenks will join us. Uh, His story in the Players' Tribune is a must-read. You go read that now and then come back because we are going to talk to Bobby Jenks on the other side of the news here on WGN. There's a chopper. Come on, Juan. And Bobby Jenks has tied a Major League record. He tied 41 consecutive hitters from a Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. White Sox fans, you remember number 45. You remember that call. Bobby Jenks, closer for the White Sox, helped the White Sox win the World Series in 2005. Then in uh, 2011, he gets traded to the Red Sox. He has a new story in the Players' Tribune called Scar Tissue. You need to read it. If you've wondered, hey, what whatever happened to Bobby Jenks? Read this story because it will tell you. But he'll tell us himself. Bobby Jenks joins us now on WGN. Bobby, thanks for thanks for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, before we get started, I just want to say I am a fan, and thanks for helping the Sox win the World Series in 2005. Uh, thanks, Brian. I really appreciate that. And uh, trust me, that was all my pleasure just as much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, scar tissue. The, the story, as I read it, it was... It was infuriating, it was sad, it was terrifying, and in the end, uplifting. Why did you decide this was the time to tell this story? Well, you know, I uh, I wanted to get not only uh, people's attention, but uh, I thought it was more important to shed light on what happened to me to cause light to be shined on the situation of the concurrent surgeries. And I figured the best way to do that was just tell everybody from the beginning uh, what happened to me. And, uh, you know, honestly, that was, you know, a lot of stuff in there that, you know, for a long time that uh, uh, I I was trying to hide and, and really just bury as much as possible. But I thought the more important thing to do was, if I'm going to help others, I need to help myself first. And in order to do that, people need to know where I'm coming from so they have a uh, a better place to relate to. Well, I will say you didn't gloss over, or it doesn't seem like you glossed over a lot of the more 
embarrassing, to use your words, details of this story. Let's go back then. Let's say how how this all started. You go, you get traded to Boston, and in 2011, the season starts out okay. You're doing pretty good, and then all of a sudden you're pitching against the Yankees, and what happened? Yeah, so, uh, you know, that year in 2011, um, every, everything was on track. I mean, I was healthy. I had a great spring training. Um, yeah, I think I only pitched maybe 17 games that year because it started off early. Um, I, I tore my bicep, um, so I went on the DL, came back, tried to make a uh, you know a couple of rehab starts down in the minor leagues. Um, something wasn't right. I couldn't get loose. Um, you know, I, I go get X-rays done. On they find a pulmonary embolism in my lung. Oh, jeez. So. And when they uh, found the embolism, they uh, that's when we noticed what was going on with my actual spine. So, well, because uh, explain the, the you were you were having trouble. You felt you were pitching, and you felt something, and you described it in a way I haven't heard anything described. You know, most people will say a stabbing pain like a knife, but you described it as a pain like somebody was using a spoon to go in your back. Yeah, because it, it wasn't very sharp. Um, that's why I, you know I used a spoon. Like you can't really, you know. I, it's a good like illustration is like visually. Yeah. Um, you know, knives are sharp. It's a sharp pain. Uh, but a spoon, it was, it's very, it was very dull and throbbing, but it felt like it was really deep. I can tell it wasn't, uh, you know, muscular. Um, that's why I, I say it was like very dull and like spoon like because of you know, the round edges, it just felt like something was in there was just, uh, I, I just knew something wasn't right because yeah. it was a very undescribable, uh, experience. But the pain keeps going on, and anybody who's dealt with pain, when doctors can't figure it out, it's it's a very helpless feeling, right? Uh, yeah, very much so. Because I mean, in the beginning of that year when this started, um, you know, uh, we couldn't we couldn't really figure out where it was because I was where I was having the pain. A lot of it was coming from like in my left scapula, like underneath my shoulder blade, and it was shooting around underneath my armpit. So we were thinking something, you know, in the beginning something very you know, maybe muscular or, or connected to my ribs right. or some sort of uh, nerve damage in there. Um, it wasn't until later with these x-rays on my lungs um, that, you know, we, we figured out that it was a, a spinal issue that was causing all the problems. So they, they finally figured out that has to, in some way, that has to be a relief because at least now you know what's going on. But when they give you this diagnosis, uh, yes. how does it... I mean, in your mind, it, you have to be thinking, how is this going to affect my career? What What did they tell you at that point once they figured out what the problem was? Oh, you're absolutely right. That was my first question, especially when it comes to an injury, you know, involving the spine or anywhere in the back that um, am I going to be able to play again? Yeah. And, you know, after a bunch of doctor visits, uh, I was reassured that this was going to be a simple, um, quick surgery that I was going to have in the middle of the season and I was going to be ready for spring training. Uh, the next season wasn't going to be a problem. I was going to be good to go. Okay. And, you know, that's why I put a lot of my trust into that that idea where, you know, the the, the surgery was going to be simple. Well, yeah, and when the, when the doctors are all telling you that, you have no reason not to believe it. You know, we all, I think we all suffer from that where we think doctors should, should know what they're talking about. So if they tell you it's going to be an easy surgery, okay, let's do it. Especially coming from where I was, where I was seeing the doctor and what hospitals, and I was at Mass General, one of the top hospitals in the country, with the head surgeon of back and spine at the time, who's running that place. You know, you, you was assumed that you were in pretty good hands. Yeah, that 
That's and that's the problem. We you know we put our trust sometimes in people who really don't deserve it. So you have the surgery when you yeah. come out when you come out of the surgery. Do they reassure you? What's what's the mood when you're when you're done? Oh yeah, I woke up out of the anesthesia and you know there was you know no problems. Everything went fine. Um, you know I believe the next day our team doctor with the Red Sox came in and uh, you know reassured that. Uh, the doctor said everything was good. There was no complications. Everything was fine. Uh, and it, it was a smooth surgery. That was all the information that I was given. All right. So now now you have this surgery. Everything's supposed to be fine. You start rehabbing. You go back home to Arizona. And before we take the break, this was this part scared me the most. And I think anybody who's had surgery or a back problem is going to be as horrified as you obviously were. Tell us what happened when you were sitting on the couch, your kids are outside at the pool. How did you realize that something was really wrong? Oh, man. Um, it was... Uh, I, 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 when I when I told this story the very first time, you know, I'm trying to make it very playful like the kids, you know. But I'll just say it as is. I mean, it was... Yeah. I thought it was... So one of my little ones joking around with dad because you know at the time my my two youngest were you know both very young you know maybe four or five yeah at the time and and you know I thought they were playing around because they didn't fully understand you know dad was on the couch for a reason he's rehabbing or you know resting his back so he had surgery and I thought one of them had dumped an entire bottle of water on my back okay. my shirt was soaked from about oh. halfway down to the bottom of my shirt and you can't get that kind of soaked unless it's you know, something yeah, a lot. There's a, a lot, lot of fluid, fluid coming out. Yeah, one way or another. You know, and then uh, you know, come to find out, you know, I had my ex uh, come and look at it, and the bottom of my incision had blown open about a quarter of an inch from the bottom, Ugh. and it was just oozing out spinal fluid. Well, I didn't know it was spinal fluid at the time, but it, you know, after seeing another uh, physician down the road, uh, come to it was spinal fluid that I was leaking. Jeez, that's. It's horrifying. Um, all right, let's. We got to take a quick break, Bobby. But when we come back, I want to talk about. So now, now this has happened. The the initial surgery, obviously, something went horribly wrong. Uh, we 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 have to touch on what happened when you went when you tried to go back and you went to Florida and things things had taken a bad turn. And then we got to talk a little bit about this concurrent surgery thing, which until I read your story, I had not heard anything about. And it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Scar tissue is Bobby Jenks' story in the Players Tribune. Go to playerstribune.com to read it. We've got links to it here. Bobby Jenks is my guest. Uh, Bobby, hang on one second, and we'll be right back with you. Right here, 720 WGN. All right, Bobby Jenks, former closer for the Chicago White Sox, is uh, my guest. His story, Scar Tissue, is available now on the Players Tribune. All right. So let's. We're gonna have to jump ahead because I've only got you for a few minutes, Bobby. But when when we were last talking, all this fluid's coming out. So you go see some doctors in Arizona to to make it an understatement of the nth degree. They find out that your surgeon in Boston screwed the pooch. They they really messed up. So now you have yeah, to. Have, so one, one, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, so, you know, when I uh, went and got found out that it was spinal, le- spinal fluid leaking, um, I was sent to the emergency room right away. Uh, by the time I got there, they had, you know, people waiting for me outside to take me in. 
because of the severity of the situation. And uh, so basically I wake up at a, have an emergency surgery and wake up out of anesthesia. And, you know, the way I see it, the doctor who saved my life, Dr. Christopher Young, he first words out of his mouth, he said, son, you're lucky to be alive. Jeez. You know, and I, I kind of like, you know, I was stunned. I was taken back. Like, you know, the severity of it was, hadn't really, you know, not only done on me that deeply, but I didn't realize how close I was to actually uh, not being here anymore. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So they, they tell you you have to have this surgery, that they, they think they can fix everything, but you have to have this surgery. And at this point, this doctor is straight up with you. This surgery will end your baseball career, right? Um, not, not so, I mean, not so much in those words, but okay. he didn't give me a uh, very good odds. Okay. Um, okay. What, what, <laughs> uh, so after the second surgery, um, he fixed, um, not only what the first doctor should have done and cleaned up his, his mess. He, uh, also completed the surgery that he was supposed to do in the first place. Okay. And on top of that, I had gotten an infection in my spine, um, and who's to who, uh, we will never know, but I got an infection caused from it. And this infection had almost reached the top of my spine to my brainstem, oh. uh, which would have put, you know, put me yeah. lights out. So I'd been on, so the, the deterioration caused by the two surgeries and then the infection on top of it, uh, he didn't like my odds going back, but I was still, in the mindset of I'm going to make this work, you know, I can come back from this. Yeah. And all these surgeries and all these injuries, uh, taking a toll, not only on you physically, but mentally. And then with all this pain, um, you got addicted to painkillers and things. I did. Things got yeah. bad for a while. Uh, yeah, for, for quite a bit. Um, you know, I went back into spring training that year, uh, in 2012 and, uh, you know, earlier, a few months earlier, I had went and, you know, checked into a detox place thinking, you know, I, I was good. You know, I got it all out of my system. Yeah. I was going to show up to spring training and I was going to be good. But, uh, you know, addiction doesn't work that way. And it wasn't uh, but two weeks in and maybe even less that, uh, you know, I phoned up uh, and, and was able to get my hands on more, uh, you know, Percocets and other pain pills. And, you know, I was right back into the same system again of, uh, you know, in my addiction. And then you, you, your ex had an intervention for you. You go into rehab and happy to say over seven years sober, correct? Yes, correct. Congratulations. Um, that is yeah, a huge, a huge accomplishment. You. One day at a time. Keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know, I, I can't say it gets easier, but, uh, um, it, it gets less hard the longer you stick with it. And we won't we won't go into all the details. That's what people have to read scar tissue. Go to the Players Tribune. But I do want to get into this now. Something I had never heard of, and this is now your cause: the concurrent surgery. Tell people what that is, because, like I said, I had never heard of this. Yeah, so that's the, the whole focal point of this uh, this article um, is to bring awareness and uh, hopefully a stop to the practice of concurrent surgery. And that is when a doctor is overseeing two surgeries at the same time. I didn't even know that was possible. At the same time. So Um, in in separate rooms? This is what happened to you, right? right There's separate rooms? Yes. Yes, a room right next to me. Um, You know, we went under the anesthesia roughly five minutes apart. And... um, 
you know, he, whether he was in my room the entire time or he was out of my room, we'll never know. You know, only the doctor and the people in the, in the OR actually know what actually happened. And, um, but the point is he was distracted. He wasn't there. He was in two rooms at the same time, which physically you cannot do. And no. he, during his negligence, he messed my up, messed my back up, completely ruined my career, and it just became a complete nightmare. And now, do you know in all the, you know, when your attorneys and ever and you were doing all this investigation, was the other person, uh, did the other person suffer as well? Um, we weren't able to get access to the patient next okay. to me, but we during this whole process, we were able to get in contact with a lot of others who uh, had surgery performed by this same doctor who were also in uh, malpractice oh suits, uh, uh, you know, come to find out that they've been this hospital, and not only this doctor, but I'm sure other doctors. Um, I can't say that for sure, but right. I just know and can speak of my own personal experience that he was performing these on a regular basis with uh, the hospital's knowledge. Um, That's unbelievable. There were many cases where a lot of negligence had happened during his surgeries. And I can speak about my case, which I'm going to do in right. uh, in, in more detail in the future, because I'm going to put a, my biggest foot forward to make sure that this comes to an end, so this doesn't happen to anybody else. And uh, you know, the, we should say that you did settle with the hospital out of court, but if you look, if you look at what you settled for, minus all the fees, based on what your career would have been, it's a pittance. It, it, yeah, I mean. In the long run, yes, it wasn't even close of what Nothing. could have been. Right, but in the big picture, it's uh, you know, it was never about the money. It was all about getting sure. the win and making this and bringing this subject into the limelight. So people need to people need to ask uh, because again, I had never heard of this until I read your story, Scars Tissue, on the Players Tribune. Concurrent surgery. If you're yeah, going were, in for surgery, make sure you're bringing this up to your doctors. Going, hey, what's the policy here? Because I don't want anything to do with this. One hundred percent. Because they are not legally obligated to tell you oh. that that is even going on. That's unbelievable. So what's next, Bobby? What are you up to? What are you up to now? What's the future hold for Bobby well, Jones? Well, you know, hopefully, I've got a few things in the work. But right now, my primary focus is this. Um, you know, now that the case is over, I'm finally able to. Um, try to go somewhere with this, but, uh, you know, on the side, I still do, um, you know, I still do some coaching and things like that around the, for the locals, uh, do a lot of private lessons. Um, you know, I've coached my kids, uh, T-ball team this year, just some small <laughs> things go. like that, but Very nice. hopefully, um, there's, there's some bigger things coming in the, in the future with, um, with a, with a company I've been working with, uh, out of, uh, South Africa. So hopefully wow. that's, uh, we wish you nothing but the best be in the project soon. Wish you nothing but the best. Congratulations again on the sobriety. Keep uh, fighting the good fight on that. And you will always have a special place in the hearts of Sox fans for your contribution to the World Series. And thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I'm sorry you had to go through it, but thank you for having the strength to share that with us to help anybody who's going in for any kind of surgery be aware of, of what can happen because doctors can, you know, they could do what they want without having to tell us. So, Bobby, I really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much, and uh, continued success in the future, man. No, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate the time and just letting me uh, come on and not only share my story, but uh, 
uh, help uh, bring awareness to the to the problem that's happening now. Well, that's that's the only thing we can do now is share that awareness. Bobby, take care. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh, that's Bobby Jenks, number 45. You know him. All right, remember, if you take nothing away from that, and go read, go read Scar Tissue on the Players' Tribune. It is uh, gut-wrenching what he went through. Uh, make sure you're asking your doctors what's going on before they put you under for some sort of operation. All right. Why should you stay away from tiny children? I'll share that story after this. WGN. <laughs> All right, after midnight, we will talk a little beer at the breweries. John Corella, Jesse Valenciana, Cody Goff all joining me. We will uh, talk about some big stories in the beer industry. If you are a craft beer drinker, you've probably been following some of these stories. If you're not, these will affect uh, beers that you uh, you buy and you enjoy. So we'll talk about that. We will get some recommendations for good seasonal beers and uh, answer any of your questions. So all that coming up after midnight. Uh Thank you again to Bobby Jenks for joining us. If you missed any part of that interview, Curtis is getting ready. It'll be podcast very soon. You can go to WGNRadio.com, and uh, you can go to my page. We'll just put it on my page there, Curtis, as well as the main page. And um, you know you can uh, you can hear Bobby Jenks' story. But again, we were only able to talk to him for 20-some minutes. Uh, go read Scar Tissue and um, see what that I, I had never heard of that, concurrent surgery. And I can't believe it's a thing. But, you know, uh, now now we all know, so now we can all be aware. The other thing you need to be aware of is uh, spending any time around toddlers or preschoolers. Now, Curtis, I don't know if you know this, I substitute teach sometimes in my... Uh, when I'm not here entertaining uh, people here on WGN, I like to help mold the youth of America. I think you do a good job of molding the youth of America. You have I, a lot of wisdom to share. I Well... Thank you. Uh, you're obviously drunk on cupcakes. I, uh, <laughs> I, I have some wisdom. I try not to share that because then I feel I don't have the upper hand. So I share things with the children that, you know, they could probably use. But, yeah, but no, I, I enjoy it. Well, today uh, I was, today I got a call. Hey, can you come in? Can you come in and sub? And it's a school that I like. So I was like, yeah, all right, I'll go in. Uh, and they, I get there. They, they didn't tell me what I was doing. I get there, and they're like, oh, you're going to be in preschool all morning. Oh, God. <laughs> three and four-year-olds, Curtis, who were about three three to four feet tall. Not even four feet. Three feet tall, man. Yeah. Now, uh, look, at, look at me as I stand here, all six foot five inches of me, and imagine where a three-foot four-year-old is going to come up on my body. And that's a weird that's a weird sentence that that came out clumsily. But imagine where where you know the height differential. Oh yeah, differential, differential. What happened? I'm drunk on cupcakes. <laughs> it's that peppermint. It is. It's very old. It was quite tasty. Anyway, so I'm always I've been in preschool before, and I'm always very cognizant of the children running about because I feel almost like I'm the green giant and they're little green sprouts. And at any point, I could step on them and mash them into nothingness. So I'm I'm always watching where they are because quite frankly if you've ever been around uh, not just not just one or two 4-year-olds but imagine being around 20 4-year-olds at one time 20 4-year-olds all kind of uh dripping goo out of their heads because uh. they are and they're running about and then things are crazy So uh today was a day and if you've if you've dealt with children, please feel free to jump in with your, you know, your preschooler stories because I would love, 
I'd love it. Um, I'd love to share the misery. So I'm in the classroom, and, and everybody, everything's going fine. And part of the time, the kids go to uh, centers, and they're playing with different things. And there's uh, free play is a very big thing now in... Uh, is a big thing in preschool and kindergarten. There's, there should be time for free play because it helps kids socialize, which I completely agree with. Because at four years old, you don't need a kid sitting uh, trying to learn the alphabet all the time. They, we do some of that. There is, there is actual education. But then the other sort of education, the kind that sometimes uh, gets short shrift, is learning to play with others, learning to share learning uh, different skills, learning to move around and adapt and change course and things like that. So one of the things they do is they get a snack because, you know, you don't want four-year-olds getting drowsy. God forbid they slow down a little bit. Well, if they get drowsy, you put them in nap time. Oh, no nap time. No nap time? No, because preschool is half day. It's it's not. Oh, it's half day. Boom, boom, boom. So they have snack. Well, I was up at the uh, snack center helping kids open milk and juice because they... You know, they can't open the cartons. Because you remember in school how hard those cardboard cartons are to open. You know, you you go to the side with the arrow, which most kids don't. They try to open both sides, or they're trying to poke a hole in the side. They're, they're, they have no clue. Well, because they're four. So I was opening this, and I'm standing there, and I'm talking to uh, one young kid about something. When all of a sudden, and I don't even see this happening out of my peripheral vision... One of the kids, uh, Danny, let's call him Danny, because that's his name. His name is Danny. I'm not going to lie. He, I, I don't think he could sue me. He's four, and there's a million Dannys in the world. So I don't see Danny coming, but Danny wants to talk to me. Well, instead of Danny just coming up while I'm talking to somebody else and saying, Mr. Noonan, Mr. Noonan, Mr. Noonan, or hey, you, or teacher, or whatever Danny's going to call me, Danny decides he's going to take his fist. And he's going to bring his fist down in a chopping motion. Uh, And that chopping motion hit me where no man wants to be hit with a chopping motion. And I know you're thinking, well, he's only four. How How much damage could he have done? I doubled over like I haven't doubled over in ages. I don't remember the last time I got hit there, uh, but this was excruciating. I doubled over, and I let out a, oh! Now, I would like some credit, because I did not curse. And you know me, you know I, I love to work in profanities. But I also remembered that I was in preschool, and and... A string of profanities coming out of my mouth in front of these four-year-olds probably would not have been the best thing on a Friday morning. So I was like, ugh! And the minute I grunted like that, Danny latched onto my leg. Now I'm doubled over and I'm trying to get out the door into the hallway because I know if I stay in the room, I'm either going to throw up or I'm going to pass out. And I, I needed to get in the hall. And Danny is on my leg and I'm like, get off, Danny, get off my leg, Danny, get off my leg. And I yelled to the aide who was in there, I said, I need a minute. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? I, I need a minute. I went out in the hall for about five minutes, and I thought that I was going to pass out. It was the most unbelievable thing. Now, Danny, uh, I, I, it was unintended. Danny didn't hit me there on purpose. He didn't try to drop me out of a, you know, a sense of malice. 
He's four. He wanted my attention. He was going to swat at me. Um, I don't know. It was just... Do you remember the last time you got hit there, Curtis? Oh, God, no. Thankfully not. Yeah, it was... uh, So then, you know, I was covering for meetings, and the regular teacher came back before I left, and the aide told her what happened, and she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you ever going to come back? And I was like, yes, I'll come back. That was not the worst of it. Well, no, that was the worst of it, but it didn't end there. Then, you know, I had foot surgery, both my feet uh, surgically enhanced, so now I have bionic feet. So... I'm standing by the sink, and all the kids come over, and they get on this little step stool to wash their hands before they have snack time. One of the girls is a little bigger than the other kids, and she comes running over to get on the step stool. And when she steps up, she steps on the edge, so it kind of pops up one side. And Ah. as I go to catch her, my foot, unbeknownst to me, goes under the step stool, and then she plants with both feet. Almost like my foot was in a guillotine. (laughs) And now I'm screaming... Get off the stool, get off the stool, get off the stool. And the, the aide is like, oh, my God, what happened, Mr. I, I, my foot, okay. She get. So now I've been injured twice. It's not even 1030. Been oh injured God. twice. The funniest part of the whole thing, this is, this is the part you will laugh at. Uh, if you haven't already laughed at my nards getting smacked and my foot getting chopped <laughs> off. Uh, the uh, One of the kids, this cute little kid. This kid's probably three, this kid. Big glasses, you know. The If you were casting a precocious preschooler, this kid gets the part. Hands down, no no question. Bring him in, sign him up. He's doing the sequel, too. Everything's fine. Well, he comes over with a stuffed snake to me. And I jokingly go, oh, don't, ooh, don't bring the snake to me. I'm scared of snakes. So he runs away laughing. And then he does what all four-year-olds do. They keep coming back. Of course. So I keep saying, Oh, no, you're scared. Don't, you're scared me. You're scared me. You're scared me. Oh, stop with the snake. And he's laughing. He's laughing. He's laughing. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. I almost forget the pain in my nards. Not completely, but I almost forget it temporarily. I'm like, okay, that'll, you know, that goes away. It's a good good. distraction. It is a good distraction because now instead of the throbbing foot distracting me from the throbbing region, now I've got the laughter of a small child. And that makes everything okay to a point. Not everything. Tommy's still on my list. But. Then I see him walk over to another kid, and I'm standing right behind him, and he's got the snake, and he taps the other kid on the shoulder, and he goes, hey, I just scared the old man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, no, really? (laughs) He said old man? He said old man. I just scared the old man. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I, wow. Now not only am I physically bruised, but I'm emotionally battered. By by twenty four year old, another they, one they, gets added to the list. They did me in today. This is, uh, this is I scared the old man, and he didn't stop with one. He went all around the room. He would tell anybody that would listen that he scared the old man with this beanie baby snake. Oh, I wasn't really scared, but what am I going to do? You didn't scare me. I'm not going to throw down in front yeah. of this kid. Going to you know post up. Hey man, you didn't scare me. You think you scared me with a stuffed snake? Tell your story, walking Pee Wee. I didn't. You know that doesn't make me look good. That makes me look worse than if I swear when Tommy, you know, tomahawks me right in the nards. It's a, the whole thing is just just crazy. So that's why I was a little uh, a little off when I got in tonight. I, uh, things things have been a little crazy today. And you panicked. I panicked when I got here because yeah. you know I didn't know I, I I thought we were starting at ten. Then I get in and the hawks are done and all. I'm like oh so yeah it's it's just been a day. But we're all here and that's all that matters. And there's good news. Finally, there's some good news. 
So we'll talk about a little good news after this. 720 WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. After the news, we're going to talk some beer. So if you have a beer question, if you have some uh, beer that you you feel you need to share with the world, then you need to uh, talk to us afterwards. Somebody texted in uh, that I should teach the kids how to drink beer. That's, that would be a better thing. <laughs> Better thing for me to teach them. You know what I should teach them? Not to hit guys in the region. To be careful where you swing. That's, uh, yeah, that was awful. Anyway, I told you there was some good news. There is good news. And we're going to lump it together. We've got some dog news. We've got a couple dog Ooh. news stories. That's right. It's a new segment, dog news. Uh, not a new segment at all. It's just, this was, this was good news. You probably remember the story that um, at the end of October, there was a puppy that was stolen from the... Uh, Adoption Center inside PetSmart on Canal Street. It was an anti- oh, yeah. anti-cruelty society adoption center. So this poor little puppy, this three-month-old Australian shepherd, is stolen. Well, the good news is they found him today. Yay. Yay, that's good news, isn't it? We like, we like a little good news in this, in this world we live in. I just I, love dogs. I love dogs, too. Some days I don't like my dogs. Some days I just tolerate them. Most days I love them. What so, kind of dogs? They're both mutts. Okay. Which, which I think, and I'll fight somebody for this, I think they're the best kind of dogs. Um, one, because I think deep down, I mean, and they're all rescues. I've always had rescues. I think deep down, they know that uh, they're lucky. That, you know, a purebred is a little bit snooty. And my brothers have had purebred dogs, and they're fine. They're lovely animals. I would say I have, I have a purebred uh, German Shepherd. Ooh. And wow. I, I love German Shepherds. Sure, because you like to, you know, turn them loose on protesters. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not that. <laughs> you, like, you like to pretend you're, a, you know, a narc. They have personalities. They're I'm sure really... they, they're supposed to be very, very smart and very, very loyal. My, Is that my dog, yeah. Well, my dog, uh, my mom's been uh, teaching her scent training. So, really? Yeah, so basically they, they have like little canisters of like, a, of like a pine or birch or oak, like some sort of like wood scent. Okay. And she hides it, you know, either like throughout the house or in um, like little uh, tins of like, or uh, not tins, excuse me, um, uh, tubs of like okay. uh, sand and stuff. And she buries them. And of course the dog is in the other room, so she right. can't see it. And my dog was in a competition and she found... Uh, uh, both are two items in 35 seconds. Really? Yeah. Now, what is that? Is is that just for shows and competitions? Is there a, a, a real-world real application for this? Part of it is how they do go about training, like uh, like drug dog sniffers yeah, and uh, bomb and uh, human dog sniffers. For, like, are you going to freelance if this doesn't work out? This radio no. thing, you get to freelance <laughs> with your dog is bomb sniffing? Well, uh, well one, my, my apartment building doesn't allow dogs, so sadly I can't, horrible. I can't do it. I know. Um, but... Also, too, there is like competitions and stuff. There's okay. like that fun side of it too. So actually, oh, the the person who's uh, who trains my dog, my mom's dog, and the scent training and all that stuff, uh, her dog is a, a corgi, and Ooh, I love it's those. it's the found queen, the queen loves those too. Yeah, um, it's found its two items in like twenty seconds. Oh man! So it's very quick. So does and, that does that mo- well? It's also smaller. It's closer it to the ground where the scents are. Yeah. Your, your dog has a, another at least second for the scent to get up high enough get to his nose. Enough. Yeah, because yeah. German Shepherds, pretty good-sized dogs. So, yeah, I, you know. And I'm guessing if, if the German Shepherd wanted to, he'd put an end to that corgi, no problem. My dog is very friendly. Of let's, course it let's is. Put that. I'm not just, I was, well, Until of course. they're not. But if she wanted to, she could, she could scare somebody. Right. She, she has like her friendly, like playful bark, but then she has like her big girl, like protective <laughs> bark, 
Or like if some like or where she gets pissed off at the neighbor's dog yeah. for some reason and she'll get like really deep. Like something you wouldn't really like expect, almost like a I like that. I like when a dog holds it back. Uh it's like it's like when you're dealing with your kids. You yeah. have a voice and then you have the that's it, I've reached the end of my rope, this is it, this is it voice. And the dogs have that same thing. Or who the heck are you? Yeah. What are you doing on my property? <laughs> Get away from my family. Yeah, exactly. Very nice. Uh, so now, have do you have, I see, I have no sense of smell, so I'm very envious of your dog to be able, I, don't la- why are you laughing at my handicap? Well, I, I'm laughing at the fact because, I mean, I don't think any humans have any comparable sense of smell. Well, I have none. To, I have zero. Compared to a dog. No, I have zero compared to you. Oh, I don't it's know a, about it's a that. well no, it's a well known fact. I've Is talked it? about it before. Yeah, I have no sense of smell. Uh so I, I can't I couldn't smell the cupcakes, I can't smell your BO. You just look like you'd wow. st- stink a little bit. But uh, you know, that's all right. You've been working all day. Uh, <laughs> All right, just so, about. So your dog, your dog is uh, is a purebred, and it's and it's good, and you yeah. love your dog every day. Yes, my dogs are mutts, and I love them ninety five percent of the time because they don't they don't have any skills like your dog. Their skill is uh, laying around and shedding, so those are their skills. But at least they have never just about killed me. Unlike a Chihuahua in Slidell, Louisiana. Well, that's the first mistake. You get a chihuahua. Yeah, if you're getting a chihuahua, um, I don't know. I when I was a kid, my day da- my aunt had a chihuahua, and it was the most annoying thing on four legs. And if you own a chihuahua, please, I know you love your dog. You don't you you don't have to justify it. Everybody's welcome to have their own kind of dog. I don't like them. My sister calls them oversized rats. Well. Send send your angry letters to Curtis's sister, care of WGN Radio. Uh, the Slidell Police Department says a man and woman stopped uh, to pump some gas in their SUV. At some point between the gas being pumped and the customers paying and leaving, police say the Chihuahua put the car in reverse. I'm getting out of here. Uh, no one else was inside the car at the time. I just see the tie. I keep hearing the voice of the uh, Taco Bell Chihuahua. From back in the day, which I'm sure is uh, politically incorrect, I understand, but unfortunately, I grew up at a time when that commercial was everywhere. Uh, Yokiro Taco Bell, I get it. I'm sorry, uh, but that's the voice I hear when I think of a chihuahua trying to drive a getaway car. Uh, Nobody knows how the dog put the car in gear, but it is a miracle that no other cars were hit because the SUV began moving backwards and came to a stop at another gas station across the street. Maybe this maybe this gas station did not have the convenience store that the Chihuahua likes. And he knew across the street, oh, those guys not only have beer and hot dogs on the rotisserie, but they have dog treats in there, too. So I'm going to hightail it across the street, no pun intended, to get uh, to get my treats over there. Did you ever see the video that popped up just recently? A dog um, put the car into reverse, but it had the steering wheel pushed the one way. So for like an like yes. an hour or something and it somebody was spinning had to in jump, a circle somebody had yeah. to try to jump in the car to... <laughs> see that's why you know cats aren't going to do that because cats if they steal your car they're just going to run you over and then they're going to get out and they're going to stab you but uh be careful don't leave your don't leave your car running with your dog in it oh this little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact I welcome to another edition of at the breweries Give me a keg of 
beer. Pull up a bar stool and get ready to join the keg conversation. A shark on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. Your one-stop shop for brews in the news is on tap. Beer! More beer! And more beer! Here's At the Breweries with Brian Noonan. Yes, At the Breweries has come to Friday night, Saturday morning. Uh, the time might be a little different, but the crew remains the same. Uh, very excited to say hello to the man who has uh, spent uh, over a decade putting up with me. Cody Goff is here Hi, on this side of the glass, yeah. which is I'm uncomfortable with it, but we'll, uh, we'll try to make do. Good to see you. John Carruthers is here from Revolution Brewing, one of the founders of Manbecue, a uh, beer aficionado, a meat expert, a man who can cook and drink at the same time and still somehow <laughs> not put on any weight. Jesse Valenciana is here, and we are joined by a special guest, uh, Jim, uh, pronounce your last name for me. Uh, Placky. Jim Placky from uh, Good Beer Hunting. You can go to goodbeerhunting.com. Uh, there's stories, sightlines, podcasts, everything about beer is there. Um, I'm a little, I'm concerned about the the big headline on the front page, the home page. Yeah, that White Claw could be the only thing that saves craft beer from itself. How yeah. how can that be? How can that be? I know Jesse, uh, John, you follow Jesse on Instagram. <laughs> Jesse, very basic, likes to post pictures of himself oh my with, God. The, with the White Claw as well. Now, uh, how can how can that be, John? How can, or Jim? How can White Claw save craft beer. Um, you know, this article was written by the wonderful Dave Holmes, uh, who some might know from uh, Esquire magazine, I believe. And he Esquire, Esquire wow. magazine. Wow, Esquire. A. It's French. <laughs> wow. And uh, was, you know, we're still on terrestrial radio. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's written by a uh, fine writer from Esquire magazine, uh, Dave Holmes. Um, What's in that mug? <laughs> Sorry, so beer, Dave Holmes beer, wrote this. What, what, does he, what does he theorize? How does he, uh, how does he make this point? Um, th- he says that um, some people just need to get back to not thinking when they're drinking. It's not thinking when they're drinking. Mm, just, uh, you know, it's, it's lime-ish flavored Oh, I alcohol. see, because, because people are starting to be a little too uh, precious about their beer drinking. Or fatigued by okay. so many flavors all at once. Who can yes. taste so many things all at one time? Right here. John Super can. tasters. John and Jesse, they, man, they come in, their palates are dividing things into, you know. I'm about to taste incre- those cupcakes over there. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, please, nothing... I'm a big proponent of sweets with beers, especially stout. The stout, yeah. Yes, you got to eat some sweets. So good to see you guys. Uh, let's before we get into some of the beers you've brought. There have been a couple big stories lately about uh, beer industry. First of all, and and I'm I'm sorry to say this, I had never heard of the company that bought Ballast Point. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that we, makes we, what's going? A lot of us. There's only nine. The, the company has nine employees. They make 600 barrels. And for for reference. How many barrels does Revolution make a year? 85,000. All right, so 600 compared to 85,000. They're small. Can we say that without yeah. offending anybody? Uh, what is the name of this? Uh, Kings and Convicts. Kings and Convicts. Kings and Convicts. Angels and Devils. Wow. Yeah. I, I, you know, I made so, a hey, joke. Did you, did you know? What do you know about this the beard? Do you it's not a Dan Brown novel. What's that? It's yeah. not a Dan Brown okay, novel. So we know Dan they have Brown a lot novel. more money than we thought. Tom Hanks will not be starring in the film. I mean, don't say never. Well, that's true. But okay, he maybe. could star in the Ballast Point story. Now, Ballast Point has sold a couple times in the last, what, three or four years? Well, this is the second time. It sold for a billion dollars uh, three with a years B- ago. B-billion. Billion. Wow. But yeah, Kings and Convicts, uh, they're a small brewery up in the, the <sighs> North Shore. Yeah. Highwood. Highwood. Highwood, that's there you it. Go. Okay. 
And yeah, nobody. This came out of nowhere. They it, had 400 Twitter followers when this came out. Their website <laughs> crashed because everyone's like, "What the hell is that place?" And then, <laughs> have you had their beer? Has any, anybody tried? No, the, no. no somebody, um, <laughs> somebody in our community had uh, their amber ale and said it was dr- you could drink it. Okay, it was well, not that's rocks. A, that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> it was not cat litter. Well, it's not ramen noodle beer, so I guess that'll be fine. <laughs> wow, I'm never going to forget that. Huh? No, I'm never letting that go. Never, never. That I'll go to my grave. <laughs> We're known that's, for our amber ale. That's great. That's all right. So we nobody knows about this company. I jokingly said that they sound like a jean company that does those pants with the embroidered. Oh yeah, with the big flaps. And, pockets, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. For guys who still think Ed Hardy is a thing. <laughs> well, it's either that or like the T-shirt. Shirts that MMA fighters wear. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like right. Where Tap does this out. come from? It sounds yeah. like a, an affliction ah, this is, thing. This is like <laughs> if Byron's Hot Dogs came out tomorrow and like we are proud owners of the Alinea Group, and we were just like, oh, <laughs> wait, wait, where'd wow. you get all those? Where, hot, wait, must wait, be a you, lot of money in hot dogs. You can't say that Ballast Point is Alinea. <laughs> it's like if they bought. Bonnet beef or something. They're like, all right. It's <laughs> like it's like if the Kane County Cougars bought the Cubs. But Ballast like, Point, <laughs> welcome the Cubs to the Kane County Cougars family. Ballast Point has a has a pretty impressive history in the craft beer world, right? They they they've been around a while and they've yeah. they kind of set the standard out in uh, California. Yeah, people were paying fifteen bucks a six pack for that beer quite recently. What, what happened with those guys was I think they were, I mean I feel they were overvalued. Um, you know, they were kind of killing the West Coast IPA market. They were like the standard for that. Okay. And that's where I think the, the valuation came in. I don't know where they got a billion dollars, but that was right after Lagunitas. So, right. you know, Constellation, it was like their one shot to, you know, they were swinging for the fences and they're like, this is what we're going to drop and this is our, our, our and horse. And this is, this is the, band, the brand we're going to yeah. stake yeah, it all on. Heineken bought... Lagunitas, ABI bought some obscure brewery I've never heard of, Um, (laughs) and this was like they're that. Okay, and so they made they made that move. Now, does does Ballast Point not sell as much? Are they not as popular? Why would why would they want to get rid of them? Except for that somebody came in with a crazy offer. The price point was like I said, like fifteen bucks. It was good beer, but when it's everywhere and it's on grocery shelves and it's still fifteen bucks, you know. Some pi- some people like to look local. Right. Sometimes something is not as hard to find, so you don't feel you should have to pay as much of a premium. Yes, exactly. Um, but also, when they started declining, Constellation cut a lot of their dedicated sales and marketing staff. So okay. instead of people selling only Ballast Point and pushing Ballast Point, it was Constellation employees with a portfolio of things to push. And it's like, hey, you want some mango IPA? And okay. You know, no, people we said don't. no. I guess and they, they also killed cut budgets to like their barrel aging program. They so killed they, the whole barrel they aging were, warehouse. Yeah. They oh, dumped, really? Yeah, they dumped. What was it? Two hundred thousand barrels or something down the drain. What? And it yeah. was. I don't think it was that many, but it was a lot. It was a whole barrel. The it whole barrel warehouse full of aging beer. They just dumped at the beer because they it would have been too much money to bottle it. Market it, sell That's it. That's insane. I think it was we could have taken a couple straws out there, Cody, and yeah. taken care of business. Why was literally, not it, it was literally <laughs> double what Revolution does in barrels in a year. They just dumped they on just the drain. Dumped it. Well, then you uh, know what? Then you deserve take. to be bought out by a nine-employee brewery from Chicago. <laughs> the the scary thing is that somebody out there has enough money to buy a, a right. brewery that was one valued at once valued at a billion dollars. Right, just... and, and a brewery that a lot of people, even people who are really entrenched in the industry, like you guys. Hadn't really heard of, you know? That's wild. It's, it's I just, heard that one of the investors behind that, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, owns interest in Franzia. No, oh. Cupcake Wines. Cupcake, that's it. Oh, yeah. okay. So the, he's like, one. apparently they brought him in 
to to finish this deal um, okay he's like i think he put up the most m- amount of money for it okay now there's another story with a, a happy ending we're going to get into that because uh, chicago representing big in some of the uh, best breweries of the decade we'll talk about that we'll get into some styles we'll get into some recommendations if you have a beer question especially with the holidays coming up you're going to be going to parties you don't want to be the schlub showing up with you know a six or old style that's great for drinking out in the yard while you're smoking a cigar or cutting the grass but you want to make an impression when you're going to a party yeah so you want to bring something nice we will continue with at the breweries on the other side it is 720 wgn all right this is at the breweries uh, Cody Goff is here, John Carruthers is here, Jesse Valenciana is here, and Jim Plucky from uh, Good Beer Hunting is also here, a, a new addition to uh, the panel. We were talking about, we were very excited uh, and very confused about the uh, the Ballast Point sale, but uh, now Half Acre Beer Company and a couple other breweries, uh, Three Floyds and Metropolitan, all getting shout-outs for uh, being named top 50 in the top 50 breweries of the decade. You missing anyone in there? There's somebody, yeah, but I can't see it in here. Shmemma Is that in there? See, because I'm, I'm reading it. Oh, there it is. Revolution Brewing came ah. in at number three. Okay, I was like, because I, I kept thinking, I'm only seeing two names and a runner-up, because <laughs> Metropolitan got the honorable mention. So congratulations, first of all, John. Thank you. John, That's all me. John, I know. Listen, <laughs> it's all your tweets and your instas and your, you know, all your, your crazy content. But So Revolution is there. Half Acre is there. And, uh, and Three Floyds, which is in Munster, if people haven't been out there. So that's that's a pretty big deal because there's how many breweries now in the United States, Jim? Eight oh. thousand. Eight thousand breweries. So to be in the top fifty, not too shabby. Did you guys? Did they give you a little something at the at the brewery? Little they, bonus, little, little sixer. Or they something? were like, drink as much beer as you want. That's fantastic. The same deal as every other. John, is that right? Fired. <laughs> John, yeah. guess what? You're still here. Fantastic. <laughs> That's listen. We all don't hear that. So enjoy. So enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. Um, this is so that that that's good, right? I mean, breweries love to have the, those are the kind of things that help yeah. enhance your reputation. I read through that whole list because that's technically work. That's not sure. That's you got messing do around that. on the internet at work. <laughs> um, and even I mean, if you just look at the list of honorable mentions, like that is just a killer lineup of breweries. So do you do you take these lists serious? Obviously, any best of list is a lot of opinion. But once you're on the list, you're like, oh, yeah, they're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're best, absolutely right. Best list ever. One of the best lists ever, yeah. I've never seen a list better. Unlike, Top 50 the list lists of the we decade. Were, we're the the second. That was the better list. It's number 14 on my list of 740 lists of <laughs> wow. 2017 to 2019. Wow. Yep. That's pretty impressive. So uh, are you doing all right? I, uh, <laughs> you, what? No, no, because, no, I, I hear you ran some sort of a weird beer endurance oh. contest. And yes. uh, you may have, may or may not have uh, regurgitated all over yourself. What, what happened? <laughs> I, I may not, but it <laughs> was it, it was real touch and go there. Okay. Uh, no, so what this is was a piece for the takeout upcoming. Uh, did something called a beer mile, and if you all out there in AM Radio Land have not heard about this, <laughs> it is an act of supreme physical domination where you t- you go to a track. There's a special area where you have to chug a beer before you run a lap, and then you have to stop, open, and chug another one. So you can do four beers, four beers in over a mile. a mile. It is horrific. Are you we trying brought, to do it for time? Yeah. Okay. Time and not, you know, beer. yakking. Well, that uh, I get. If you expel any beer, you get a penalty lap. You only get oh. one, though. You know, you can, like, once you start going, you could just keep going, and you only have to do the one lap, so All it's right. fine. But we brought a woman from Runner's World. Uh, Cindy, she runs like six thirty miles, and she was just like 
dying. Really? <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a college hazing it ritual. Does. It sounds not like a, a fun fraternity thing. thing. So if you look up the records, like it is overpopulated. The leaderboard is overpopulated with Canadians, and I'm like, yeah, this is a very Canadian seem <laughs> thing to me. So this is like that movie, the the beer fest movie. But people, they... people do this in like six minutes. It's crazy. Really? Yeah, I, like, I can't run a non-beer that. mile in six minutes. That's insanity. It was it was fun. So uh, this was for the takeout, and mm-hmm. you write you write a lot for the takeout. Mm-hmm. And you have a pop up coming up soon, don't you? Is it uh, is it tomorrow? It was yesterday. It was yesterday. That was soon. You had a pop up. <laughs> How was it? I was great. We sold all the sausage. Very nice. The traditional Swedish potato sausage with fondue, cabbage salad, and we did potatoes for the vegetarians. Very nice. It's still the Midwest. Yes, of course. All right, let's get into a, let's get into a beer or two before we have to take a break. So, it, uh, what are we are we looking at? Uh, just personal favorites for this time of year? Is there a style that we're going to work on today? What's what's the beer? And if you have any questions, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. That is the number. You can ask uh, any of the guys some beer related questions. We're all over the place today, as far as right. as far as beers. The first one, well, first first and foremost, we were drinking Half Acre um, that we didn't talk about. Right. Their original Reaper. It's Kind of like a, I guess, a sessionable stout. It's yeah, it's like six percent. It's okay, delicious. I love it. New Great. year round, very exciting. Yeah. Now Cody has become obsessed with stouts. Lately. Yeah. Why? And it, uh, just... well, well, we went to Fobab. We did go so, to Fobab. Bourbon barrel aged stouts, number one. Uh, I bought about a thousand bottles of Bourbon County Stout this year. Uh, every bottle I could get my hand on, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm just been really into it. I mean, I have I've had some revolutions lately. The the Death Star and then the Plum variant. That's a Death stout. by Plums. Definitely. Yeah, that's, de- yeah, that's the same beer with plums. Uh, perfect. <laughs> there you go. We just put Sorry, what I meant is, it's the same beer with plums. <laughs> yeah. plums. You like plums? Plums. plums? You watch some Death Star and plums? <laughs> we got it. I don't know, tis the season. Usually I'm an eggnog and brandy guy all December, but this year it's stouts. I'm just all about Very the stouts. Nice. Now, this, this is a much lighter stout, and I would agree it's a year-round kind of stout. Because right. there are many I've had recently that, like... You're going to have in the wintertime, and then you say goodbye for a while. Well, that's uh, last year when we talked about stouts, uh, you get the Expedition. Who, who makes the Expedition? Oh, the Bells, Bells Expedition. Expedition yeah. which is, it's a great stout. Perfect it's a stout. great stout, but it's, I think, 11%. It's, it's not it's sessionable. Yeah. It, it's I a mean, I guess all beers can be sessionable. Well, sure. You know? from, the sure stout, from the stout conversation, you guys got me turned on to Hubbard's Cave. Which you brought in, and I've I've just been buying that nonstop every time I go up to the Beermiscuous. I live like two blocks wow. from Beermiscuous now. I think you have to start going to AA, man. It sounds like <laughs> this is a real Kings and Convicts <laughs> energy you're bringing. Yeah. <laughs> Bam! He's going to be a convict after he leaves today. I, I have a feeling. Hey, man, King left a great new bottle shop. <laughs> so for for somebody who who doesn't understand what this home, what that means, when you say it's a sessionable stout, who would like to explain what a sessionable stout is? I mean, well, what's a stout? First of all, because people see it, and they, uh, I think a lot of the uh, conventional thought for some people is they see a stout and they're very dark, and they think, oh, this is going to be really heavy. Re-. So, what's the textbook definition of a stout, and then what makes a stout sessionable? Well, I so this textbook is not really technically like a, a sessionable stout. I mean, like when you talk about session beers, you're mostly talking about like uh, let's say like an uh, an IPA. So IPAs are what like around five and, and higher. So if you have an IPA that comes in at like three percent ABV, you can have more than one. Right. So it's like you're having a session, but so you can yeah you can drink more than one. Yeah. All right. What's a stout, Jesse? Yes. What's a stout? 
Uh, I mean, it, Boy, all eyes on Jesse tonight. John is uh, John's pulling back. He's still suffering from his beer mile. Knives out. He's stout. <laughs> it's an ale with a very malt forward bill. Okay. Um, rust, roasted malt. <laughs> roasted malts. <laughs> I've missed this. Um, yeah. I don't think you could. Re- I, we we've talked about Guinness, right? You know, and that that comes at a pretty low ABV. But yeah, it's like five something. Yeah, four, uh, four, two, four yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, that's like four something. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and if anything, that's a session stout. But it's not. I don't think that's what they right. go. They're not like Guinness session stout. So this is the half acre, which, as we said, is on uh, the the list of top fifty breweries, along with uh, Revolution and uh, very well deserved. Yes, very well deserved. Yeah, all half acre, wonderful beer. What? Because they they they've been around for a while too, and they've done a lot of great stuff. Uh, Daisy Cutter was one of the ones that really kind of pushed them forward. Um, it is crazy. Daisy Cutter has been out ten years now. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. See, and you know, I, for people who have been drinking craft beers for that long, it, it makes sense. Other people are like, there's been there was craft beer ten years ago. Other than you know Sam Adams or something, <laughs> yes, yeah, there, it was. Uh, there has been a lot. How long has Revolution been around? Twenty ten. We'll be hitting ten years in February. Very nice. It was oh. Metropolitan Half Acre, well Goose Metropolitan Half Acre Revolution were kind of the big guys. Yeah, so Arg- Argus has been around for a while. Yeah, yeah, they have. I'll be nice. All right. <laughs> so, so we like this. We like the Half Acre Stout. Now, what can? Now that we're talking about kind of the holidays, mm-hmm. what since you guys are both food guys as well, or husky our boys. stouts? Our, no, no, no. But our stouts more for like desserts. Um, some some stouts like more barrel aged stuff that can be a little sweeter. Those are obviously for dinners. But a stout like this, what would you what would you drink a stout like this with? If it's if it's got a roasty flavor, and this definitely has yeah, that. Yeah, very roasty. Um, you can use it with roasted meats to kind of replace. You know, you get kind of the flavor of a smoked or a grilled meat in the pairing that isn't necessarily present okay so like if you just have your oven or your crock pot pulled pork get a nice roasty stout in there and you know play it up uh play up the the natural campfireness of Very nice. some of the malts that go into these now yeah. you there's also like pastry stouts those i would not pair with anything like that okay yeah. so there, there's just a, a huge range of, of stouts but right. something like this yeah i agree with john um nice roasty notes to it i'd like that with like i don't know like roasted veggies if you want to go down Ooh. there. I didn't know you ate vegetables, man. I had to. Pearl officer made me. <laughs> That's a weird story. We'll talk about it off the yeah, air. Yeah, we'll talk about it off the air, which we're going to go off there right now. Take a quick break. When we come back, more of At the Breweries. Uh, John Carruthers, Jesse Valenciana, Jim Plocky, and the very quiet and uh, increasingly a drunker, Cody Goff. <laughs> what? He's a, uh, yeah, that's a, he's a lazy saying, guy. We'll do, we'll do this, then there's more. It's WGN. <laughs> Running down a dream, running down a beer, whatever you want to run down. Uh, we're here till 1 o'clock, then it's Matt Bubala doing a little at the breweries. Usually uh, you used to hear this on Sunday, now it's here because uh, we're here. It's fantastic. John Carruthers from Revolution Brewing is with us. Jesse Valenciano, one of the founders of Mambecue and well-known beer aficionado. And uh, Jim, Jim Plucky from uh, Good Beer Hunting, one of the writers there. He is, uh, he is with us as well. As the man that I'm proud to call a guy I married, and he's still married, so my record is intact. Cody Goff is here. <laughs> You're one to know. Yep, I'm one to know. Pretty good. If, any, if you know anybody who's looking for an efficient, uh, my record is impeccable. I will endorse him. Yes, I did one endorse? wedding. Endorse? 
Is that what it would be? Sure, it's an endorsement. He's your sponsor. How about yeah. like and subscribe? How many stars uh, would you give him on Yelp? Yeah. Oh, oh five. Oh. I, I, I'll oh, five. Oh, that's good. That's but, nice. But if you see one five-star review, you're still going to be skeptical. True. You know, really? Did he post this I'm himself? I'm like, it's some Ukrainian yes. bot. <laughs> <laughs> the laziest Ukrainian bot ever. I'm just posting one review, and then I'm knocking Mary off. Mary Jane, number day. one, yes. I like, I like you get. You do good weddings. You're very... <laughs> Religious. We're gonna get calls about He's this. Good this isn't good accent work. Oh, this <laughs> you guys are usually here Sunday nights. This is a Friday night at midnight. Right, it's midnight. We I get to really loud. We're loose. supposed to be sober. Come on. No, <laughs> really. All right. So, no, we're not. Um, oh, if we you have radio? a beer question, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you're looking for a recommendation, these guys will recommend something. They, even though you know, right now they're they sound like they're just talking silly, but they know their stuff. These guys, that's why they're here because they know their stuff. All right, what? Oh, what are we doing? Yeah, just yeah. No, I'll be fine. So, what are we? Uh, what are you uncorking there? Okay, so this beer I'm very excited about. Um, this is Avery Swanson's beer. So Avery Swanson was the head brewer at Chester King down in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, she left them. So the beer world was like, where is she going? And it was a big <laughs> mystery. You know, um, she makes amazing beers. She de- developed a really good barrel aging program uh, down okay. at for Jester King, uh, award winning program. So she came up to Chicago, and she, you know, let the cat out of the bag. Uh, she's brewing at Half Acre, and today was the release of her, her first beer. Oh wow! Um, so the her project is called Keeping Together. Um, her first beer is. A table beer, and it's called The Art of Holding Space. Okay. Explain table beer to the uninitiated. It's like a 3.2% ABV beer that she... What did she age in? Uh, In the fooder for like a a little while. Yeah, so it's mixed culture. Notes of table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what you clean the table with first. Okay. Orange (laughs) pledge, lemon pledge. Hey, Avery, we talked about your beer. It said it tastes like Glade. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thanks. Um, but it's a nice, uh, really beautiful beer, actually. I had some earlier today, if you can't tell. Um, half Acre. Well, we couldn't um, tell you. We can't tell you yet because you're not pouring I it. keep on forgetting words today. I'm it's sorry. Very, it's uh, very light in color. Almost uh, got a little hint of... It looks, it looks like a lager. Kind of if we're comparing it to tables, it's the lightest color Ikea that you it's get a beach from the wood, bin. More of a beechwood table. Like one of those ones where you'd have the uh, the white legs and the uh, the beechwood top. I, I think, think it's called can, the tablet. I don't think they can use beechwood on the label. <laughs> illegal. Right? Someone else got there first. Oh, like, right. Okay. A century ago. Avery Swanson, the queen of beers. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, beach beer. Yes, nice. right. Wow. I, yes, now I'm like, Sorry, that wasn't a very good bit, and I stuck with it too <laughs> long. You didn't stick with it, but you know what? <laughs> and it a, went, it went over It's officially Saturday heads. energy. And John said it's like, it's coming around, it's coming around. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get this. No, this that's is my good. Fraser Crane reference. It was just a delicate origami that unfolded into <laughs> amazing humor. Wow. You are deep. I thought you were deep at, you know, on Sunday evenings. When it gets way late, you get even deeper. Oh yeah, no. Welcome it's, to one AM's yeah. near John. <laughs> Very exciting. So, what should what should people be looking for in this? This is a little bit lighter on the palate. Um, it's it's not exactly tart, but with the mixed culture, you, you might get some tartness. It's got an. It's not sweet tart tart, but it it does have. There is a tartness, an underlying tartness. I don't want to put you through the pain that John did with the, the no. sours. I really like this beer. <laughs> yeah. this is it's a got a real lemon-lime Gatorade thing that I like. Oh, yeah. no, that's everyone's least favorite Gatorade. 
The lemon lime? Yeah. Everyone gets the purple or the... I don't mind the... Ooh, the, the blue's good. I'm the cucumber and, lemon. I'm going to go out and alienate another... Uh, I'm not a fan of Gatorade at all. No? Are, Are you a power Powerade? Guy? Yeah! No, I'm a no-aid. Oh. I'm a fr- I drink water. Uh, <laughs> water. No, Nor- I, I, Normie Gatorade. That's right. <laughs> Boring. I'm basic. Basic aid. Just water. No, this is very nice. It's very effervescent. Yeah. It's effervescent. It's simple. Like, there's hints... It... I want to be like one of those horrible jazz critics and be like, it's all the notes she's not playing. But like, <laughs> seriously, this is a very restrained, delicious beer. It is, and it's, I would, but surprisingly complex for yeah. what it is. Oh, I threatened to chug one at Half Acre, and they told me that's against the law. So <laughs> that's a Half Acre law. What law? I was going to say what law? I don't is think that? you can open. It sounds like the bartender was already getting mad at you for something else. <laughs> I wouldn't say personality, but wow, huh? Uh, we have a question from one of our texters. Yeah. What beer from Mars can you recommend? M-A-R-Z, not Mars the planet. Drug I, don't know if aliens I was going to say Curiosity. Rover. It's a rover. It's a machine. NASA, NASA don't worry about it. It's just making a NASA joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not a beer at I'm all. so happy to have had the second worst bit of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here That's to right. help. See, that he sits quietly, <laughs> biding his time, and he picks his spot, and then... Still oh. missing. <laughs> 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 you spend um, too much time with science. That's your problem. I Look, man. I'm science just, and stout. I'm being on brand. What can I say? You are on brand. Listen yeah. to the Curiosity Podcast. That's what Cody does for his day job, <laughs> uh, by the way. So, so, I don't know Mars. So what Mar- is- Yeah, Mars is a community brewing company down in Bridgeport. Bridgeport. Okay. Make amazing beer. Honestly, they have... They try so many different things. They throw so many different things at the wall and do so many intriguing like styles. Uh, but their tropical double IPA, the name eludes me. It's got a dragon on the can. You'll know when you okay. see it. Has very fruit forward hops and a malt profile to match. Where it'll taste like one of those fruited beers, but it's all just from this really complex bill. It's okay. delicious. Fair Jungle Boogie is a really good one. That's for wheat. Yeah, they. Uh, that's a wheat with the South African rooibos tea. Rooibos tea. I, we totally TC. brought this in for oh, the yes, show. Oh yes, I do remember that. I do remember. That's a good that. one. And I, they do Chug Life. Okay. Which I um, hear that's against the law. <laughs> that's what Jim's is. They'll, they'll, they'll come get you. That's just for Jim. It's a trap. <laughs> Jim is the only He's got one an ankle bracelet. Chug. We've got, we have a lot of questions <laughs> for him. Uh, but Chug Life is one of my, my go tos. If I see it at a bar okay. and uh, I want to go with something a little bit light and he, he doesn't crisp. mean a he doesn't mean a parole thing, he means a male anklet. Oh, sure. That's <laughs> nice. Like puka shells or something? He's taken. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Mars has if you ever want to have Mars beer, experience Mars beer, uh-huh. uh Go to Maria's down in Bridgeport. They always have a ton of them okay. uh, on draft. And or go to their tap room. Oh, their tap room too, but yeah. We could like, go to their tap room. <laughs> Damn it, Jim, you're so like, smart. <laughs> you, could, you could look in a bunch of stores. They might have some. That's right. Or you'd you be could like, go to where they like, make it. True, true. You know, I, I go to the corner tavern. They have a lot of Revolution beer. Really? Well, we have tap rooms with just Revolution beer. You know, I'm oh, giving Maria some work. business, Jim. Are you on their payroll? For Pete's sake, maybe. All right, perfect. <laughs> Listen, we're all looking for a gig. Um, so, so Maria's. So go down to Mars. Pretty much, it sounds like you guys are saying anything they make, you should try because there's something for every taste. Would that be fair? They they have they don't have these like hard parameters. They 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 get to go out there and experiment, which is really cool. Um, they have a very exciting beer program. So support 
those guys and uh, try their stuff. There's there's a lot for everybody. All right, John, we have a question that is uh, just for you. If you can pull yourself away from your phone for Sorry, a moment. Sorry, I was looking up the name of that beer. Oh, uh, that's okay. It's called Splash. 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 That's tropical the, pale that's ale. The tropical. And the double IPA version of that is also delightful. Right, very nice. Uh, the reason I said to pull yourself away, because this has uh, to do with a revolution beer. Let's hear it. Uh, and this is Diane. Hello, Diane. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm here. Um, yeah, I had a question. Um, I bought the uh, Revolution uh, Eugene Robust mm-hmm, yes. Porter. Yeah, one of Cody's favorites. It is and mine. so good. I was so impressed. God, I'm glad you um, like it. It's not as bitter as a lot of these porters that you buy from the the small breweries. A lot of them are a little bit too bitter, but this one is just right. Wow. And a is Diane on sweetness. your staff, John? Uh, is <laughs> Diane one of your marketing no, people? No, I Diane, am not. Diane, the check's officially in the mail. That's who he was texting. He's like, hey, Diane, call <laughs> now. Call now. Diane. Diane, I'm dying here. This is the time. I made some bad joke. I, I need help. So, and I think this... it was 11.2, which also was very nice. Is it 11 point? Is no, Eugene uh, Eugene is 6, six 7, oh, I believe. Oh, is it a 6? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so. I always was a fan of the Belgian ales, and it's, you know, very similar. Yeah, to the originals. Good multi. Uh, it's got a huge yeah. multi back, but yeah. yeah, and just even recently, and I think that brewers have been killing as, it. As far as um, recommendations for the holidays, mm-hmm. you know what I usually bring is something like the framboise, like the Lindemans, a peach or the black cherry. I think you can find mm-hmm. um, those are really delicious. They're not really. A lot of alcohol in them, but they're very flavorful. Very nice. Good dessert beers. Yeah. Well, you Diane, sh- thank you for the call, and thank you for the recommendations. All right. Take You're care. welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Diane. Yeah, a lot of the co- a lot of coffee beers do have a little uh, extra bitterness, like she was saying, but Eugene is... Well, that's not a coffee beer, but she's right. Well, uh, a, where you get... Doesn't Eugene have coffee? It's a no, coffee No, there porter. is a coffee, Eugene. Uh, oh, which is a really Eugene is just a regular robust. Oh, beer. see, the yeah. co- I've had the Eugene coffee. Beer. Coffee Eugene's the delightful. The coffee Eugene too. is really nice. Coffee, coffee Eugene coffee is one of my favorite beers of all time. How much are you getting? Sam, Sam. Oh my goodness! I've had a lot of coffee Cody. beers lately, especially on my new stout kick. And like, <laughs> like I bought a four pack of coffee beers uh, from some liquor store near me. And I brought it home, and I had, like, literally two sips, and I dumped it out. I was like, this is trash. I hate it. Like, wow. so you spoiled me. I'm very upset. Revolution. Like, if I can't find a coffee, Eugene. Because you don't know. It's I'm like, just excited that we've turned you into, like, someone who's just way too aggressive. Yes, he's a monster. <laughs> he's a very monster. angry now. He's taking, he's taking the ramen episode and, he and amplifying it. went back it to throw the remaining <laughs> bottles against the window of the liquor store. <laughs> I went back, and I punched the clerk in the face. <laughs> you put the provider. It was like this. a Rage Against the Machine video. <laughs> this is your fault, because... You guys are the ones that whoa, keep bringing whoa, whoa, it. Whoa, easy, man. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Kings and Convicts wow. is hiring. Roll back. Roll back. We need aggressive sales reps. <laughs> Do you and have you what it drink t- this right now? Do you have what it takes to be employee number 10? <laughs> I mean, are you looking for a podcast? Is everybody else's beer crap? They just bought a, you know, they just bought a giant brewery. So, oh no! Yeah, they they no, I, they're I well know. set up. Oh yeah, they're fine. Uh, we can mock it. We can mock it. That's punching up. That's comedy, man. That is punching. Well. Are they up yet? Hey, they went from we'll making 600 barrels to 200,600 right, barrels. so we're punching up. <laughs> they, they bought, they bought God, Ballast right. Point, and I had White Castle twice for lunch this week. Did you really? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a great week. I don't know how that's my argument. I had uh, I had some for the first time over Thanksgiving week. Had them for first lunch. time ever. No, first oh. time in a while. I had them twice, and then I made white uh, white castle stuffing. Ooh, I did that too. Nice. Did you like it? I did it with the impossible sliders, so it was a new taste sensation. Mm. Was it all right? 
I liked it. Yeah, I have vegans in my family. Oh, I'm yeah. A, I'm a live and let live type I was, dude. I was about to. I was about to alienate vegans too. Put them on the list of everybody <laughs> don't do else. It. I'm Please don't do it. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a couple more beers. If you have more questions, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. It's at the breweries. John Carruthers, Jesse Valenciana, Jim Plackey, Cody Goff, and me, all on WGN. All right, at the breweries, we're here for another few minutes, and then Matt Bubala will be in after one o'clock. Uh, John Carruthers from Revolution Brewing, Jesse Valenciana. Uh, uh, founder of one of the founders of Manbecue, well-known beer aficionado, and Jim Plocky from Good Beer Hunting. Cody Goff is here as well. Uh, everybody's here. We have a West Coast IPA question, gentlemen. Are you uh, are you ready for a West Coast IPA question? Let's find out because Rob is with us. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. How are you today? Yeah, how are you? Good. What's up, Rob? Good. Hey, I uh, wanted to point you guys into a direction that I know that isn't as popular right now because of all the hazy IPA hoopla going on. But I still like to try a lot of different styles of beer. And Miskatonic uh, Brewing Company out of Darien is doing a West Coast Wizard IPA. And it has got to be one of – it is – when I tried my first sip of it, I immediately thought stone. And I was, nice. like, just blown away by it considering all of the hazy fruitiness and soft, pillowy goodness that they are. It was just <laughs> – Wow. Really, really it was just really good to have a nice, dry, bitter, clear, clean IPA. And I was just wondering if you guys had any experience with it and if you if you still appreciate that style of beer just as much as I do. Oh, I'll take this because we just released Northwest Hero with the flannel shirt. and yes. the To do that, and literally when we were putting this beer out, our brewers, like, you'd ask them, like, hey, what, you know, what inspired this? I got to do the tweets and stuff because I don't know anything on my own. And they would they would say like oh you know it's those original beers when we were coming up learning to brew the stones the Sierra Nevadas and there's just you don't find that style of beer anymore especially not in something new so like I'm with you when you find something new just based on the old school West Coast if it hits all those notes you remember it almost is just bigger than some of its parts because it's something that doesn't exist like it used to so explain what explain everybody or most people know what an IPA is what's what's so, this style that you're East talking Coast, about and uh, thanks Rob. Yeah, East Coast is that hazy, um, fruit-forward, uh, it's very much in ascendance now. West Coast is like when most people had their first IPA and said, I don't like IPA, it's a it's really tiny, floral, dry, yeah. bitter, um, but for some of us, that's like a thing that we the really want to go back gods. to, and it's, you know, not as easy to find as it used to be, right. um, so it is cool that, you know, an up-and-coming brewery like Miskatonic, um, you know, where it's easy to put out hazy after hazy after hazy is taking, you know, their shot at something classic. And you, you guys know? have talked about Miskatonic before. Mm-hmm. We brought in their Oktoberfest last time around? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah very good. Uh, all right. So we poured something else. Uh, one of them was a crew. I th- are they both crews? The last two that I have are crews. Yeah. Okay. So Cruz Blanca, if you haven't been there on Randolph Street, they uh, they put out some good beers. Yeah. So... Jacob over at Cruz, I think, is doing. He's honestly doing some of my favorite beers in, in Chicago uh, because they're small enough where he can really take the barrel program the way he wants it. And it's a really good reflection of him and his style. So okay. uh, they did a bunch of really cool barrel aged stouts, um, and he likes to mix it up. You know, one year he'll do the same recipe in a bourbon barrel, and the next year he does it in a rum barrel. Okay. Um, the first one we tried was Loco Dinero, and that's an Imperial Blonde um, aged in rye. Whiskey and rum barrels with Sparrow Coffee. So, Cody, and that's mm. a little bit on the the sweeter side. Yeah. I really like that one. And the last one that I poured, 
the little bit hazy, clear one. This is one of my absolute favorite beers. Um, it's a saison that he barrel aged with um, dried black limes, and then he put in these French oak punchins. Okay, what, uh, is, what are French oak or punchins? Big old barrels. Okay, yeah. So he put those in for about sixteen months, um, and. I don't know. What do you guys think about this beer? This I was is one of my. Say, it this beer is wonderful. When you yeah. said it's very good. When you said saison, I had a different flavor profile in my head from other saisons. This one does. You do get the lime. You get that citrusy, a uh, little bit of tartness when yeah. you drink it, but not not overpowering. Not to the point where you go, "Oh, this is a sour." Yeah, oh, it's, it's smooth. Yes. I don't like sours, and I like this. It's it's, uh, it's awesome how it compares to the Keeping Together beer. Um, like they compare yes. and contrast. Like they both have a lemon lime flavor, but they both do it really differently. Yeah. Yeah, so this one is nice. Now John brought one. Uh, you, you oh, guys yeah, we're both just drinking. Yeah. What is yeah? What is that red there? We got, we got the so your <laughs> my white whale is to cure your absolute hate of anything like Belgian inflected with any sort of tart component to it. <laughs> and I brought in some uh, Wisconsin Belgian red from New Glarus I had from my last trip up there. And I love New Glarus. And this is this tends a lot sweeter than a lot yeah. of the other stuff. And I'm like, oh, if Brian likes anything, he's gonna like this. And I poured you about a hair An of it, of and you were like, eh. And I so don't, you know. I don't know what it is, but we all that's that's the beauty of having so many beers and so many breweries. There's something you're going to find something you like, and you're going to find stuff that you don't care for, and that's it's nice to be able to make those choices and make those decisions yeah. based on all the stuff that's out there. I'm never going to stop trying to trick you. Though. I understand. But <laughs> listen, my my, uh, my very slow palate can still catch certain things when they try to run past me. Mm. No, not this one. Not this one. All right, so you're going to a holiday party. I'm going to ask each one of you. You're going to a holiday party. You're going to bring one beer. Maybe there's a lot of really uh, experienced beer drinkers there. Maybe there's some people who aren't really experienced beer drinkers, but you know you want something that everybody can enjoy and still show them something new. What would you bring? Who would like to start? Uh, Jim Plackey's going to start. Jim Plackey's going to start. Uh, I would bring Solemn Oath Lou Kolsch. Solemn Oath Lou Kolsch. Mm. That's the beer I think I drink more of than any beer now uh, in the last couple of years. And it's complex like enough. Yeah, it's complex enough for someone like me to find it interesting to drink, but um, goes down so easy that I think anyone who would normally drink like a Miller High Life or a Miller okay. Light, um, it's 4% alcohol, real crackery, like pretty, okay. pretty simple, but yet. Yeah, has like a nice aroma and fun to drink. All right. I am going to bring something that I know you'll hate. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to bring a nice Belgian red, uh, a Belgian Creek. And I'll go either Trey Fontenayne, uh, Ode Creek, that's um, this delightful European brewery, newly distributed in Chicago again, uh, big green bottle, big three on it. Look okay. for it. They got it at Binnie's, they have it everywhere. All right. Or I'll bring. Dovetail mm. Creek. Oh. That is a delightful holiday beer. Very nice. And, you know, these beers are complex, but they're also very approachable with their fruit forward flavors. Okay. Most non Noonans tend to enjoy them. <laughs> uh, I can't be the only person in the world who no, doesn't like sour. There's just nothing wrong be. with you. I'm just being a jerk. I know. That's all right. Listen, I, uh, I'm not going to bend. But I'm, I'm not going to go, all right, John, I'll drink it. <clears throat> this peer pressure doesn't work on me. I know. I still can't get you to smoke menthols. No. <laughs> Smoke menthols, drink sours. That's great. You got to sell them to him. Sour Patch Kids, it's fantastic. That's flavor country. Yeah, sure it is, if you're a six-year-old. Uh, Jesse, 
I would normally go with uh, some kind of Belgian. You know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Belgian doubles because normally with like you know holiday dinners you have yes. like big hearty meat. But uh, this year I've been on a saison kick. Okay. Uh, it started with we were at Ali Ali. It's really cool uh, outing. That I had the saison from Cinderlands. If you could get your hands on that, um, I forgot what the name is. Cruz Blanca does an amazing saison, and Off Color does socks. Okay. Um, and their saison's amazing. Can I put a bow on this? Quick, yep. Jesse Valenciana says, "Tis the saison." Tis the saison. Oh Very nice. You've redeemed yourself, <laughs> Cody. Anything? Watermelon flavored four loco. All right. Uh, we're take <laughs> Someone's looking to fight. <laughs> we can come back and wrap things up. John Carruthers, Jesse Valenciano, Jim Plocky, Cody Goff. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can uh, you can always uh, come in. John, give us your Twitter at ut chicago. Jesse, Jesse Manbecu. Jim at Jim Plocky, P L A C H Y. And you can also go to Good Beer Hunting to read Jim's stuff. All right, let's do this. And there's more WGN. Thanks for listening and being part of the show. Jesse Manbecu's got a pop up. Oh, hold on. Yep, go. December 14th at Metric Roasters over on uh, Damon and Fulton from 8 in the morning till 4 p.m. We'll be doing breakfast sandwiches until noon, and from noon on, we're doing uh, tortas. All right. Thanks again for listening. Uh, keep, keep, I'll keep you posted on the Facebook page. We'll tell you where, when, when we're going to be back, what's going to be happening. But uh, always appreciate your support. Always appreciate you listening.